Hey. hey! Raymond, we are having technical difficulties. And it's funny that you switched that intro song. Because Do you know the background of this song? No. Do you understand? Okay, so... The song is called Sabotage. Mm-hmm. They had done it as just a... Uh, obviously, the Beastie Boys had done it just as a uh, instrumental track. But after they recorded it, they claimed their friend had sabotaged their audio gear so the recording didn't sound right. And so Adam Horowitz, King Ad-Rock, who sings the song, literally got into the booth and just started screaming the lyrics to the song, and that's how it came out. Then wow. they ended up back and writing it and then re-recording it, but that's <clears> funny <throat> that you randomly picked that song for tonight where you're having technical difficulties. Oh, that's awesome. I meant, meant to be there. <laughs> uh, did you... You've, you've seen the documentary with them. There's Isn't there one on Apple TV? Yeah, we're going to review it at some point. Okay, yeah, I'd like to watch that. Um, it's we'll fucking it. great. It's really good. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, it's, like I, a, I, it's like a stage show. It's not a documentary. It's literally them just telling the story. Cool. I think they yeah. get into that story a little bit, but yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, let's get into the show. This has been about... 20 minutes in the making so let's do it um we're gonna start the week off with a little quick fat fuck segment in a food review I'll tell you who's fat we are. Well, especially me. <laughs> so, this week, uh, if you've been in the New England area, Portsmouth area, you've seen a new cookie store franchise open in Newington. And uh, it's called Crumble. It's all over the country. It's a countrywide, uh, nation- nationwide uh, franchise. And they specialize in making cookies. Um, they have five different flavors they come out with every week. Um, Sunday to Saturday, they come out with new flavors. And they only sell these six flavors, and they always interchange. They change every week. But the two standards are the chocolate chip and the sugar cookie. Those are always pretty much on the menu every week. And then they change them different weeks. Like this week, when I got them, I got a, I got a, a pack of them. Uh, chocolate chip, got the sugar cookie, which I gave you a little sliver of. I know you didn't want it to try it, but it's a specialty, so I figured you might so want to try it. is that the, the one with the pink, right? Yep. That's a, is it's that like the sugar a pink, cookie? Yep. Yep, sugar okay. cookie with the pink frosting, and it has a almond flavor to it. Um, chocolate chip is a standard chocolate chip, but it, it comes with milk chocolate chocolate chips instead of the semi-sweet. Um, also, they had a cornbread cookie, which I tried, which is very good. It was cornbread with a but, uh, a buttercream, cream cheese buttercream uh, drizzled with honey. Very good. Um, they had a strawberry crunch, um, it was like strawberry crunch cake kind of cookie. It was really good. Had little crumbs on it. I think it had white chocolate chips in it. It was really good. Um, and of course the uh, chocolate chip, the sugar cookie with the frosting I mentioned. Um, I can't remember the other What's one. What's this other one you got? What's this one I got here? Oh, that is the vanilla bean. There's a vanilla bean cookie okay. with a vanilla bean, uh, frosting. Um, man, I can't remember the other ones. But yeah, you, I, I tried them. I'll let you try them live on the show. I gave them to you this morning. Right. Um, they did. Uh, oh yeah, the other one. That, joint. The other one I haven't tried yet was the uh, peanut butter and jelly. There's a peanut butter cookie with peanut butter ganache and a jelly jelly filling on top. I haven't tried that yet. It looks Yo, super sweet. This sugar cookie? Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, I told you. 
Yeah, it's different. It's uh, yeah, they're they're considered gourmet. They're well, gourmet cookies, gigantic. I don't cookies. like. I don't like sugar cookies in general, but I fucking love almond. Yeah, um, it's good almond. Not too overpowering, but you definitely get the flavor. I gotta go into this vanilla bean guy. Yeah, vanilla bean. I haven't really even tried that one. You're gonna be the only one to try that. I I cut it and haven't had a chance to take a bite of it yet. Fucking take a bite. Uh, I don't have it with me. It's in the other room. Then what's the point of this? Because I've I tr I've already tried the only one I didn't try was that one. I forgot to try it, but I did try every other one. Well, it's fucking delicious. You do like it? Yeah, and these are what? Got them like two days ago. I got them two days ago. Yeah, so I got a month on Wednesday. We're recording on Friday. Got them Wednesday morning. They uh, they taste like you got them today. Um, I, I'm guessing once you get into the chocolate chip, if you were to microwave that for 20, 30 seconds, I think it would be very, very good. Fresh out of the oven type, type of flavor. Mm. Not bad. I think that's my third of the three I tried. Yep. I mean, chocolate chip. Yeah, chocolate chip. You can't go wrong. Um, yeah, my favorite of the bunch was the cornbread one. And like I said, they, they come out uh, new flavors every week starting on Sunday. And if you follow their social media, they usually post a quick uh, preview video uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night for the for the following week of what the new flavors are going to be. It's kind of cool. Um, and of course, they only like I mentioned, they only have six flavors. So don't expect getting a whole uh, whole different assortment. It's the same flavors th that you're going to get from Friday from the, for the whole entire week. No changes. Yeah. Um, limited edition, I, uh, limited really edition like, flavors. Really right? like that vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, but it's right. The one in Newington is right in front of the uh, Regal in Newington near Fox Run. Um, if you're in Newington, New Hampshire, um, they're everywhere though in the country. If you've seen a, cr they're called Crumble, C R U M B L. Um, they don't know how to spell. Either that is probably foreign. Who knows? But it's, uh, but they're gourmet cookies. They're probably what five inches, four inches wide. Um, big thick cookies, um, but they're good. So, recommend that. And that's it for Fat Fucks. And we're gonna get in. We watched a lot of stuff, but we're gonna preview 2023. So we got a lot of stuff to cover there too. So let's get into what we watched, which we watched a couple of things. Um, I started watching Wednesday on Netflix. Been wanting to get into it since I've heard about it. Jenna Ortega is getting a lot of praise for it. Um, created, produced by Tim Burton. Danny Elfman did the theme song to it. A lot of uh, throwbacks to the old TV show plus the old um, cartoon as well as the old movies from the 90s. Um, none of the actors are reprising their roles from the 90s, but um, Christina Ricci is in the, sh in the show. She plays one of the um, dorm, dorm room teachers or whatever the hell you want to call it in the school that she goes to nevermore. Um, but for the most part, really good show. Lots of lots of cool horror elements, um, stuff that wasn't in the horror that you didn't get in the in the movies. Um, they definitely embrace it in this. Um, I think Jenna Ortega yes. is a great Wednesday Adams. Ha have you watched any of it yet? I I have watched actually the first two episodes with my nieces. Um, okay. Jenna Ortega is somebody who I've had my eye on um, since Scream, really. Um, yes. Then She's a month a then a month after that, she was an ex. Yep. And then she's in Wednesday. So, I mean, between her and Paul Dano, this is her year. Yep. Um, she's absolutely fantastic. Um, 
yeah, I, I liked her and everything that I've seen so far. Yeah, I'm only one episode in, so this is just a quick reaction to the show. I'm in the middle of it. Eight episodes on Netflix right now. Uh, we're talking about it a little bit, but it was renewed for season two today, so it will be coming out again. And, uh, yeah, I, and uh, you know, there's a lot of issues with it, right? You know, there's a lot of uh, distributing issues now because technically it's owned by Amazon, but they license it out to Netflix. Okay. So there's a lot of like, will season two be on Netflix or will it be on Amazon now that it's like a huge hit? Um, mm. I think they'll end up working out a deal and they'll stay on Netflix because I feel like that makes the most sense for both parties. Well, well ne Netflix, um, yeah. Netflix, next, yeah, Netflix announced today that they were doing the season two. So they must have figured okay, that good. out. Yeah. That might've been, that might've been the hangup. I just heard about that within the last week. So yeah, I, I saw that meant, I'm glad you said that cause I saw it mentioned. I didn't read the article. So that, that makes sense now. Um, cool. Um, but I did watch a couple of movies last week when we reviewed, um, a few things. We reviewed the year, the year prior, um, we mentioned Paul Dano, and I said, "Oh shit, I should really watch some Paul Dano movies." I'm not, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too uh, involved in his movies. I haven't seen too many of them, and the big ones that he's been in, we mentioned um, the Prisoner, which I I did purchase this week, and I'm going to be watching it. Um, but the other one, the big one, where he got pretty much his start in drama was There Will Be Blood. It came out in 2008. And I did want to watch that, I told you. And I think you watched it too, right? So we're going to do a quick uh, review of yeah. it. Um, this will be a lost movie review for me, but it'll be kind of a throwback review. Um, re review, redo. We'll, we'll give it an actual number. But um, we'll talk about what we, what we thought of it. Starring Dale Day-Lewis, uh, right in the middle of his, his prime. Uh, of course, he's retired since then, supposedly, but who knows with him. He's in. He's his... retired like four times. Yeah. So. Yep. Um Understandably, you want to retire when you're on on your high. So, understandably, and this is this is definitely the peak of his career. He, I think, he won the Oscar for it, right? The, his performance in this, or the movie did at least. Yes, and then he was. Uh, the other one was Gangs of New York, which is oh, where he should have retired. Because if you if you looked at his uh, mentions, if you looked at his mentions of what he's been in since then, the movies haven't been great. Yeah. Um. So I think Gangs of New York was like the last really good movie he was in. Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing movie. Uh, but this movie, uh, There Will Be Blood, set in the 1920s, 1920s, 1930s during the Depression. Kind of a stretch of 30 years time there. Um, turn of the century. Set designs, set pieces were amazing in this. You felt like you were in the grittiness. You felt like you, you could feel the oil staining your, your clothes. You could feel the pain in this movie the, of, of him being a poor man working on the oil fields. Yep. All the heartache like, that happens. I like, I like how nobody speaks for the first 15 minutes of the movie. It's all yep. just uh, the soundtrack and what's going on. Yep. Um, and he like he plays a oil tycoon. He starts at the very beginning of the movie. He starts off finding an oil, an oil underneath uh, under the ground. He's digging and he finds oil. Um, and then from there, he starts finding more and more oil. Um, he starts making oil refineries, oil um, whatever they're called. Um, he starts. He starts spreading out throughout throughout the West Coast, and um, his name. Is, I can't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know his name. Is uh, Plainview is his name? I can't remember his first name. Yeah, um, isn't it Daniel Plainview? Or Daniel. That yeah, da yeah, Daniel. That's his name. Yeah, uh, Daniel. Okay. Yep. Um, his brother's name's Henry Plainview, who is played by the guy who is the bad guy in the Mummy movies, uh, the first Mummy movie. Uh, I will be going back and rewatching those because I just got the. Okay. 
uh, oh, awesome. And I'm awesome. fucking, I'm pumped to go back and watch those. I haven't watched them in like 15 years. You must be in a Brendan Fraser, uh, you must be in a Brendan Fraser kick after seeing the will. <laughs> no, um, I saw it on Amazon. It was on sale. So oh, that's cool. I told one of my sisters, I'm like, get it for me. I like, so I like physical media yeah. 4k. So, yep. So yeah, he plays, he plays his brother. Uh, I'm not going to get into too many spoilers of the movie, but there's a little bit of, uh, of a twist in that as well, but um, a lot of dramatic violin I noticed in the in the soundtrack for this. I don't know who did the score for it. Um, a lot of dramatic music, dramatic violin, like I mentioned. Um, also, the other thing I noticed in the whole entire movie: you're only 40 years away from the end of slavery in the West Coast, and there's not one black person in the entire movie. It's all a white. No, because I think it takes place in Texas. No, it's the California. None of that. It was in California. Oh, it was California. Okay, in California. Texas for some reason. <clears throat> yeah, I heard about. I wish I remember what it was. There's a town over there. Uh, I'll have to remember what it's called. But the, the town that it's based off is it's named like Oil something. Um, yeah, I'll have to look it up. But Daniel Day Lewis in okay. this movie is scary good. Um, his transformation you see from the very beginning when he's a poor man finding oil to the rich man at the very end who lives in a mansion. His transformation throughout is, the film is a mental spiral, and you see his downfall, and it's astounding. It's amazing um, seeing him seeing his. Just for the record, Ray, uh, the composer is Johnny Greenwood, who also does the score for Ted Lasso, uh, awesome. Westworld, um, hold on to stuff, Titans. Uh, I just forgot to look it up on IMDb now. Yes, yeah, but, good, uh, yeah, he's he's seasoned, so yeah, he did the Stand TV series, so yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. uh, worked on some pretty good stuff. Yeah, that's the one thing I noticed: how, how uh, dramatic and how uh, brooding that music yep. was. Definitely made you brought you into the movie further. Um, like I mentioned, Daniel Day Lewis is scary good. That's the one thing I can say about this movie. Paul Dano. He, uh, Daniel Day Lewis. I've heard it before, and I think I saw this movie in like two thousand eight or nine. That's when it came um, out. Yeah, I wasn't really thinking about it back then. But I've heard people say since then that it's the single greatest acting performance of all time. It could be. And I'd have to agree. Um, it's up there. It's definitely top five. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think Paul Dano didn't get as much recognition for this movie as Daniel Day-Lewis is just because of the performance that Daniel Day-Lewis gives in this film. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of overshadowed uh, by he's Daniel Day. In- However, incredible. However, incredible. Daniel Day-Lewis working off of him in this movie is incredible. And like I mentioned, this oh, yeah. is his first dramatic role, notice, noticeable dramatic role after, I mentioned it before, he was in The Girl Next Door. It came out in like 2003, yep. 2004. And this was his first yep. time actually being in a movie with a trained, seasoned, dramatic actor. And he definitely... He definitely showed up. He definitely showed his showed his true strength as an actor. And it's this. also it's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson who does yes incredible stuff um, around the periods of which he works. Um, he did Licorice Pizza last year, which I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this movie and uh, Boogie Nights also, right? Yes, I think he did yeah. Boogie Nights. Um, so yeah, he's a great guy to get for a period piece like this. Um, yes, overall, I loved it. I, I, I knew I would. It's, I, I love period pieces. I love, I love Daniel Day Lewis and everything I've seen in him. Seen him in, um, starting going way back to uh, Last of the Mohegans, and of course, uh, like you mentioned before, Gangs of New York. He's in fucking incredible in that movie. Him yep. and uh, he and Leo, and 
Oh, what a fucking movie. And, and this is just right up there. Um, the whole milkshake line at the end is amazing. You've heard, I've heard it before in, di in different contexts. Now yep. I actually know the context. It's amazing. Um, overall, I loved it. I, uh, I, I, I want to do a deep dive in Paul Daniel, but I want to do a deep dive in Daniel Day-Lewis, too, and see movies I haven't seen from him. I know yep. there's a bunch I've of them. I've never seen Last of the Mohicans. Um, yeah, good movie. Good ever. movie. Yeah, so I, saw, I really want to check that out. I saw clips of it in high school. I can't remember what what class we were in. Maybe, um, I don't remember. It was history, of course, but I can't remember um, who, who what teacher it was. But I remember seeing the clips at the end of the of the Indian attack and all that. And it was when we were. I remember. We were learning I've seen the clip of the guy having his uh, heart removed. Yes. Like, yeah, it, didn't that happen? I, I, it, like still beating. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. It's been so long. Um. But yeah, but this movie, good movie. Uh, recommend it to anyone that loves period pieces, loves great acting, loves dramatic acting. Um, just because it's about oil doesn't mean it's not good. Because <laughs> it's kind of on on the paper. I wouldn't not something I normally would watch. But uh, seeing an oil tycoon becoming going from the bottom to the top is pretty cool. And seeing seeing how he loses his mind for the most part. Um, yeah. So uh, let's give it a pineapple score. Um, oh, okay. Uh, oh, this is a tough one. Um, not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's very good. Um, definitely rewatchable in a couple of years. If I want to go back and see this, I definitely would. Um, just for the performances alone. I'm going to say a four. Okay. That's, uh, that's probably what I would give it to. Uh, the performances uh, alone should be our five. Yeah. Um, out between him and Dano, and pretty much everyone in the movie is really good. Yeah. Uh, but as a movie, I don't know if I'd go back and rewatch it. Um, mm. but definitely a four. Um, yeah, it's not my type of. I mean, early nineteen hundreds oil thing, right? Time machines, right? Yeah, yeah. And on paper, it's but, not uh, something I would really. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On paper, yeah. it's not something I would I would uh, uh, go towards, but. It's a good movie, and just with the praise that we've yeah. heard about it through the years, it's it's definitely worth a watch if you love movies. So, um, now when you review the next movie, did you give it a pineapple score back when you watched it in the theater? Yeah, yes, I did. I know is what that, the pineapple score is. You do know, okay? Because I couldn't, I didn't look. I'm it up. pretty I sure I gave it a pineapple score. I know, I know. In my head, I had a pineapple score, and it stayed the same since I rewatched it. You want to talk about the movie a little bit while I look up and see if we did give it a pineapple score? Yeah, sure. So we're talking about the menu here, which is a satire on food critics. It could have been a satire, or it could have been a satire on people that make films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously Ray Fiennes is a uh, chef. He's one of the best to ever do it. Um, charges people twelve hundred a plate, I think they say, or fifteen hundred a plate, or something. Yes. Like that. Yes. Like um, that. And you basically get on a boat. Yeah, get on a boat. Go to his island. All the food is made prepared slaughtered on the island uh they have a giant um smokehouse um so like they're bringing all the people in there coming in and yes, they, bring they are smokehouse, see that their their food's been smoked and prepared for so many days they months. are very very secluded on this island where yes they're they are pretty much alone on there um yeah yep um movie starts off i think you mentioned it in your review before movie starts off as a pretentious dinner with a rich group of people with this with this chef who who's kind of uh, has these mi mysterious things going on and then 
about half, not even halfway into the movie, it takes a very, very, very dramatic yeah. turn. The uh, the end of the first, the end of the first act is like, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Um, Ralph yeah. Ralph Fiennes has a very menacing American accent. Of course, he's British. Um, if you know Ralph Fiennes, he was in he was in Harry Potter and he played Voldemort. So you already know he's a crazy, menacing person from those movies. And but Red Dragon, have you seen Red, Red Dragon? Red Dragon, Holy shit! Yes, that's that's the first movie I saw him in, and yep. that guy gave fucking nightmares. Yep. Yeah, we're talking. We talked about Daniel Day Lewis, Ray, Ray Fiennes, Ralph Fiennes, right up there with he, great he, actors. The best actor without an Academy Award right now. Crazy, crazy, in my crazy. opinion. Crazy. I um I don't know. Has have the Academy Award nominations come out yet? No, it's going to be coming out soon if they no. have. They're going to be coming out soon. No, uh, the awards are in mid to late February, so probably in the next week or two. Okay. Um, I know that everyone just got their screws in the last week. Okay. Uh, so that'll be coming through soon. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing in the next week or two we will see those. It's usually yeah February or March that that happens. So um, we'll yeah. talk about a couple of a couple of cast mentions. Uh, we'll mention a couple of casts in this, um, starring Ralph Fiennes, of course, as the head main chef of, of this group. He's very, very seasoned chef. Been there for a very long time. He started off as a Hamburg chef in a in a hamburger joint way back in the day. You look in his office. He sh- they show a picture of him in a hamburger. Uniform, looking at it like a uh, like a and McDonald's. He's, he's smiling. He's yep. smiling. He's happy in that <laughs> picture. He's happy, but in the whole movie, he's not. So you kind of real you kind of realize towards the end of the movie what happened to this guy. But also also stars Nicholas Holt, who played the Beast in X Men, and Anna Taylor Joy, who who's in a whole bunch of shit right now. She was in um, the one thing that I saw her in was Peaky Blinders, but she's been in a whole bunch of other shit. She's in, the, isn't she yeah, in she's like in that, uh, uh, Queen's Gambit? Queen's and Gambit is her big show. She's Peach, Peach and Mario coming up. Yep, yep. She's Peach and Mario. She's in a lot of stuff. She's also a British actor, I, th- I believe, with a an, uh, with a uh, with a uh, accent that she puts on in this. Nicholas Holt as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It takes a turn. Should we should we spoil it? Because I didn't give a spoiler warning. Should we give any spoilers? I don't want to spoil too much about it. Um, okay, let's all. not. But um, there is a there is yeah. a twist. There is a very very crazy twist. It, it turns from a chef movie into a thriller horror. Yeah, type it's, of movie. Um, it's it it's labeled as a horror comedy. Horror which comedy, which I think is um the best way to put it. Uh, like, for instance, um, when they're going between... I probably put this in my first review. When they're going between, like, between courses. Because the movie's set up so that there's courses. So, between courses, they're just focusing on groups and jumping back and forth between the groups of people sitting at their tables. And the jump scares, at least in the theater, came every time a new course was served because Chef would clap out of oh, nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that when you're in the theater... And that happens with the sound. You instantly like kind of jump back, um, but it also has a lot of comedy elements to it, especially with John Leguizamo's character. Um, yeah, yeah. John Leguizamo. Nick, John Leguizamo yeah. plays a shitty actor who. Uh, yep. I, I, there's so much I want to talk about this movie, but if we're not spoiling it, I can't. But <laughs> but there's a reason why he's at the dinner, and the reason why the chef invited him to the dinner is the greatest fucking reason. 
Yep. <laughs> and, uh, it reminds me, his character kind of reminds me of, like, Nicolas Cage in the Nicolas Cage movie that came out last year. Yeah. Where he's, like, just trying to get that one last role to get enough money to, you know, like, he's talking to his agent the entire time or whatever she is, or yeah. Netflix exec, whatever she is, trying to get the role for him. Yeah. Yeah. You realize, you realize the chef has invited these people to this island specifically for a reason. And that reason plays out throughout the entire movie, and then at the very end, it definitely, it definitely culminates in the climax. And uh, his, uh, his scenes with uh, I almost called him Ana de Armas, um, Anya Taylor Joy, yeah, where it's just the two of them are absolutely incredible. Yep. Um, but yeah, the chef, the chef's reasons for the menu is incredible. Everything about the storytelling of this is amazing. Towards the end. Um, uh, Nicholas Holt plays an obsessed like Food Network fan. He's obsessed with this chef. He was invited to this dinner for reasons. Everybody was invited to this dinner for reason. There was <laughs> I think there was a my favorite, my favorite part of the movie is uh, this isn't a spoiler, but uh, Tyler's bullshit. <laughs> oh my god, did I fucking cry like laughing at that part? Like it was just the entire theater was laughing their asses off. It was great. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's crooked people that are invited. There's a pretentious old couple that's invited. There's a fruit critic that was invited that has has given out bad reviews in the past. But yeah, and then there's a uh, there's a whole bunch of group shit of, that uh, happens. There's a group of like investors who uh, had basically been cooking the books. Um, they're there. Uh, yeah, it's it's the a chef- fucking phenomenal movie. But the movie, the, we'll figure it. We'll write. We'll figure it out this way, okay? The chef is a chef who creates this menu that is spot on to the point where it's not only the menu and the food; it's the people that he invited. The whole entire menu encapsulates the movie, encapsulates yep. the menu. Everybody that's invi- invited to this to this meal. Um, the only kink in this menu. It's Anna Taylor Joy's character who was not invited. She was a, she right. was she was the uninvited guest to this dinner, who was invited by Nicholas Holt. I'm not going to get into the spoilers spoilers or that as well, because there's a lot about that. Yeah. But but she was the, she was the one kink, and the, and the chef the chef noticed it that immediately that she wasn't supposed to be there, and, and it has it has twists and turns throughout the movie because of it. Um. The simple cheeseburger at the end, which is being spoiled everywhere because there's going to be a food truck in L.A. Not the specifics of the burger, yes. but, but the uh, but the but the burger itself. There's a burger at the end that he makes a simple cheeseburger. Um, God, I want to I want to talk about it, but I can't. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. But just trust us; it's a good movie. I uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, when I did my review, I said you're gonna want a cheeseburger at the end. Did you want oh, yeah. a cheeseburger at the end? I want, okay, a, che- I want <laughs> a cheeseburger with four slices of cheese, exactly the same way a smash. Oh burger. my god! And same the exactly. onions. Oh my god! Just oh god! Yeah. Fucking five guys. I can go for yeah. one of those right now. Yeah. But yeah, without giving into any details, because it's one of those movies where you want to be surprised when you see it. Um, Maybe I mean it's, it's hard for me to it's hard for to, to describe the movie without giving it away, uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of twists and turns in it. There's a lot of great acting, especially from Ralph Fiennes, his character. He's very menacing. He's a menacing. I mean, chefs are menacing to begin with, but add that into what happens in the movie, it's it's astounding. And 
And seeing all of these characters kind of fall apart towards the end without getting into it is amazing. Um, you gave it a four and a half pineapples yep. last time. I am yes, going to stick right with you and give it a four and a half as well. It surprised yes. the hell out of me how good it was. And <laughs> I and I will definitely watch this again. Um, I can see as a chef, like you mentioned before, how you've been working in the food inter- industry for so long, how you were how you were enticed by this movie. I can see that. Anybody who's worked in the food industry, I can see them being enticed by it as well. Especially in, in anything that has any type of gourmet or, or menu like this. Anybody who's worked with a chef like this. Um, yeah, I loved it. I, 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 I can't wait to uh, watch it again sometime. Um, and actually see the intric- intricacies that he put into the menu. And seeing how everything played yeah. out and, and actually connect everything. Did you end up watching it again after you saw it in the theater? Yes, yeah, yeah, I watched it. Um, actually, it came out on Tuesday, and I ended up just buying it because it was like 15 bucks on iTunes. Okay. Um, not not too many special features. It's only like a 15-minute special feature thing, which is a little disappointing. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I, I like it a lot. Um, yes, it's on HBO, by the way. So if you want to watch it, yes. you have HBO Max. It's on there for free. You can watch it right now. Um, it's, a, it's a good movie. Worth watching, definitely. Lots of, lots of, lots of dramatic shit going on. Um, yeah, good, good movie. Four and a half for each of us. Perfect. Oh, not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. So, let's get into... What's this fall uh, review? Is that you? you? Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, I was talking to you about the other night. Oh, yeah. So, this movie, Fall, is something I've heard a lot about. Um, I was pretty interested in it because I loved uh, Robert Zemeckis' The Walk, uh, which is about the guy that crossed the two... Towers in the seventies. Yes. Um, what do you call it? The what do they call World, World Trade called? World Trade Center. World Trade Center towers. Yes. And I saw that in three D, and uh, it's it was an incredible three D experience. Yeah. But nothing, um, as far as uh, anxiety driven like this movie is, mm-hmm. where it's basically these two women who are professional climbers. Oh, and I've seen the trailer to one this. One of them. Yeah. One of them suffers a tragedy in the beginning of the movie and like a year goes by and the other one's like, we have to get you back on the horse. Let's go climb this tower that's out in the middle of fucking nowhere, like somewhere in like New Mexico or something. And so she's like, all right, I guess I got, you know, whatever. Um, surprising thing was Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays that girl's father hmm. and he's awesome in the movie. Like always, I mean, he literally looks like he was on the set of the walking dead and they were like, can you come film a scene? And he was like, Sure. Because he has the same exact outfit and haircut as Negan does in the last season of The Walking Dead. Wow. Um, but they don't leave on great terms. Um, she goes to climb this tower. And they get to the top. There's a top platform. And then her friend's like, let's go. There's like an antenna at the top. Um, past the platform, that's like another 50 or 100 feet. And her friend's like, let's get all the way to the top. So they take a bunch of pictures on the, the previous platform. Then they climb to the top, do a bunch of social media stuff up there, um, just taking pictures, recording videos, stuff like that, um, without a signal, obviously, because they're so far up. And then they go to get down, and the ladder between the two um, places breaks. And so they're basically stuck at the top of this antenna tower. Um, and the way it's shot, the performances, is just so anxiety-driven for somebody that's afraid of heights, mm-hmm. um, like I am. So I was literally like, like just 
twitching in my chair the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. God, that sh- what am I doing to myself here watching this movie? Mm-hmm. But um, the twist in it, which I really liked, um, I kind of saw that coming, but it is what it is. Um, also, there's a scene where they're at the top and they're just trying to like stay awake because they don't have their water with them or whatever. It's down below where they left their bag where they climbed the top of the tower. Hmm. And uh, they're talking about wrestlers and like their favorite wrestlers hmm. growing up. And like she mentions like Steve Austin, The Raw, Mankind. I guess in the original film before it was bought, um, she mentioned Owen Hart, who of oh, wow. course died tragically by falling hmm. um, 80 feet to his death. Uh, they took that out for this movie. But uh, I enjoyed the ending. It was super anxiety interesting super anxiety inducing hmm. but uh overall it's very good um i enjoyed it i'd heard a lot of good things about it it's the only reason why i'd finally go ahead and watch it and uh all those good things i mean this is an official score i'd give it a three and a half okay. um it was entertaining enough um gave me a lot more anxiety than i thought it would because i was like oh, i've seen the walk which is in 3d like it makes you feel like you're looking down from the top of the world trade center and wow. it's crazy but this movie is uh it was very good i enjoyed it i think i have it i put it in my top 20 of the year cool oh by the way that reminds me while we're ending our reviews for the week um on letterbox if you look for geek blurb i am on there um kevin's on there as well what's your what's your name on there kevco i believe it's kevco tv kevco tv yeah, we are on Letterbox. Uh, if you want to look up our reviews, we're going to start posting in 2023. So my review for tonight for the menu in there will be Blood will be on there. I've already I've already reviewed a few movies on there. I'll be reviewing throughout the year. So by the now, end of the year, are you uh, have... but you have there will be Blood. You're putting on a different list than the menu, aren't you? Or you yeah, just as you see, because like I like to do it like where I have the years, and yes. then we go back in time. Then I'll probably rank them by that. I don't know. I haven't figured that out. Yeah, we'll but do the. We'll I do keep the, my list like to the year, and then yeah, we'll do the lost movies, and we'll do movies like that. Um, review redos. We'll do all that in a separate list, and we'll do the twenty twenty three movies in a separate list as well. Um, I still have okay. to figure. I still have to figure out how, how out how to do all that stuff. You'll help me do that, but but yeah, we're there's, on um, there. There's one little glitch in the app where like the first four or five lists I made, they all came like pre numbered. Hmm. Um. And then I started make. I think it was the Kevin Smith list when we were doing his movies, and they didn't have a number next to them, and I'm kind of psychotic and like everything to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went through it, and um, it's just, if you hit edit, you can hit, like, I think in the bottom right, there's like a make list or whatever like that, and that'll give you the numbers. It took me like three months to figure that out. Cool. But yeah, um, yeah, letterbox, find us on there. There's an app for it. There's a, there's a website, litterbox.com, uh, Geek Blurb for me, and Kevin's probably kevco.tv or kevco.tv or something. Kevco.tv, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So let's get into the 2023 preview. We're going to talk about games, TVs, and movies. Um, we're going to mention a couple of the games in the list I have. I have a whole list of shit. If you see anything on here that I don't mention you want to bring up, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to mention a couple of February 10th. Hogwarts Legacy, the open-world Harry Potter game that's set in Hogwarts. I believe it's set in the early 1900s before before everything that happens with Harry Potter. I'm not really sure much about it, but it does look really good, everything I've seen about it. Um, you're pretty, pretty much working through Hogwarts. You're, you're learning magic. Stuff goes down, stuff goes bad, and leave it at that. It looks good. Um, up until March, that's pretty much it that I care about in the first list. Uh, March 17th, Jedi uh, Jedi Survivor, Star Wars, sequel to Jedi 
um, Fallen Jedi, Jedi Order, whatever the hell it was called, that came out a couple of years Fallen ago. Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Um, sequel to that coming out March 17th. Excited for that. Um, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, May 12th. Sequel to yes. the other movie, which I haven't seen. I mean, other game I haven't played. Um, I haven't played much of it. I think I played maybe two hours of it, and I just I haven't. Yeah, it, it happened. It's a and, good game. Yep. Um, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Very excited for that game. Um, comes out May twenty second, uh, May twenty sixth, a couple weeks later. Um, it's where the Suicide Squad get get sent in to take down the Justice League, who have gone crazy. Um, a few scenes, and of course, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Where Kevin Conroy is coming back to play Batman uh, posthumously after he passed away. He had recorded his vocals a while ago. Um, so that would be good. Um, Street Fighter VI, another fighting game, comes out June 2nd. Um, Minecraft Legends, I don't know what that's about. Um, let's see. Assassin's Creed Mirage, another Assassin's Creed movie. Uh, a game. Fuck, I keep talking movies. Um... To be determined comes out sometime this year. The most anticipated game on my list. The point, the reason why I bought a PS5 last year, Marvel Spider-Man Two, with yep. Venom, with Craven the Hunter, Miles and Spider-Man coming back as a team up. The first game is an incredible game. It's, it has the same dynamics as the Arkham games from Batman. Takes that and twists it on his head with Spider-Man. It's amazing, and all those open-world Spider-Man New York City games. Um, anything on that list that you that I didn't that I didn't mention things that you're you're interested in? Uh, no, I'm still working on my backlog, so it might even be a while yes. before I get uh, the Star Wars game. Uh, I still got to finish out Guardians of the Galaxy and the Last yeah. of Us Two. Yeah, I, I haven't get anything else. I have a backlog too. Backlogs for games are a lot harder to get into because you're you're talking about a forty to fifty hour investment into those games, so they're a lot harder to get through than movies and television. But um, yeah, excited for Spider Man. That's probably my most anticipated game of the year. Um, hopefully, it doesn't get pushed back. There's no official date on that, but it, they did say 2023, so we'll see. Um, there's only been one little teaser trailer that played so far, and the guy who played um, the guy who played uh, Candyman is playing Venom, right? He's doing the voice. What's his name? Yep. Ah, uh, shit. Yeah, I don't know his name. But yeah, yeah he's, no, playing, he's, about... he's doing um, the voice of Venom. That's that's perfect. And also, this will be cool because uh, you'll have Miles Morales, I assume, in story, being able to play as him. Oh yeah. In Spider-Man, because Spider-Man One was kind of his prequel. He ends up getting the the abilities at in the cutscene end um and then of course yeah. has his own game so hopefully yeah. we get to play his name a little bit yeah it'd be, it'd be really cool um yeah first game was amazing i love the i love the mechanics of it so uh, let's talk a little bit about tv we're not getting into the the mcu stuff yet so if you see any mcu stuff on the list kevin we're going to skip through it till the end but we're yeah. going to talk about tv uh, a couple of shows that i notice if you if you if you see anything that i missed just let me know but we'll get through the list i have here uh, Bupkiss on Peacock, starring Pete Davidson and Joe Pesci. It's, it's Pete Davidson's next uh, foray into acting. Joe Pesci coming back from acting. He kind of was in a semi-retirement, came back for Scorsese for the for the Irishman, that one role, and he's come back for this as well to play Pete Davidson's father. Um, it's going to be on Peacock sometime this year. Kind of interested in that. History of the World Part 2. Um, it was in Mel Brooks... A sequel to History of War Part 1, the movie, coming out on Hulu sometime this year yeah. as well. That surprised the hell out of me when I saw that. Yeah, uh, TV, it's uh, a TV series. I love uh, Mel Brooks, though. So. 
Yep, me too. Uh, starring uh, um, Nick, Nicholas Kro- Nick Kroll, um, Wanda Sykes, and Ike Barinholtz is the cast of this. Um, they, they, this week they actually released a few pictures of it, a few preview pictures. Did you ever watch Justified back in the day? Negative. I think Chris may be into Justified, but they're doing a pre- yeah. uh, sequel sequel series with uh, Timothy Oliphant coming back. Uh, comes out on FX this year. Of course, my most anticipated, one of my most anticipated shows this this year comes out next week is The Last of Us on HBO. Yep. This 100%. is HBO's. This is HBO's primary show this year. I don't even know what else they're coming out with, but this is the one. This is their bread and butter. This is what's going to make them money over the years. If they the Game of Thrones made them money, this is too. And everything is pointing to this being a great video game adaptation. And the first season is going yep. to. Going to capture the the first game very well. So, do you think? My question is, do you think they'll do the entire first game? From what I hear, I like we'll, we'll, we'll get into it in the news because they're doing a lot of interviews about the about the show right now. But from what I hear, okay. the first season is season one, and season two will be the second the second game. Uh, that's what I mean. First, but then where do you game. go? Because I figured the only thing I thought of was the first was doing like a three season run, and the first. Uh, and half of the second season will be the first game because um, they've only done the two games and part two would be the rest yeah. of it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait we'll and see. see. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see because there's a lot of story there. Um, but yeah, uh, Masters of the Air, an, H- an Apple TV show uh, produced by Steel- uh, Spielberg. Um, World- another World War II epic. Um, he did Band of Brothers back in the day and, and uh, there was another one that came out on HBO but this is an Apple TV Plus starring Austin Butler and Barry Coogan who we just talked about, he was the Joker in uh, the Batman, he was also in that uh, yep. the uh, the one with uh, the, the, you just reviewed last week um, fuck, I can't remember the name. did you watch Band of Brothers? Uh, I never did, no same, but I want to Band of Brothers in the Pacific I, heard they're, I hear they're really good and a lot of actors that we know now Got their accolades from that. Like uh, I know Tom Hardy was in it. I know there are uh, a few other actors that are popular now. Were in the, uh, they got their fucking start. Peter from Office Space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there was a Pacific, and there was that. Those are the two shows that came out on HBO. Um, I know Chris. I know Chris is into those. Um, yep. Party Down on Stars. Party Down season three. Uh, this show hasn't been around in almost a decade, if not longer. Um, but it's a great comedy. Um, it's about the uh, these this group of people that are that are uh, food food preparers and party planners, and they go in and they go in and they do these parties and and do and do the uh, do the whole whole spread for the parties. Um, starring Adam Scott, starring Lizzie Kaplan, who I don't think comes back for the series. Uh, Megan Mullally, um, and there's a few other characters and uh, what's his name from uh, all the Judd Apatow movies. Uh, Martin Stars and then it as well um, comes out on on February 24th on Stars. Uh, first two seasons are good. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this to see what happens. Another Pedro Pascal starring role. Season three of The Mandalorian, Star Wars. Um, the first two seasons of Mandalorian were great. The second half of B- Book of Boba Fett, basically Mandalorian 2.5 was great. And Mandalorian season three is going to be just as good with Grogu and little baby Yoda. And, and all that comes out on March 1st. Probably number two for me this year. Um, the one thing I didn't have on the list, but I'll mention now, is Ted Lasso season three. It's been in, it's been in a kind of uh, delayed mode right now on Apple TV. Uh, we got into Ted Lasso last year. Great show, great comedy. Loved it. Um, 
I know you're excited about this, Kevin. You got to be Poker Face ten part yep. Ryan Johnson series coming out on Peacock you, in a couple uh, weeks. Did you see the trailer? I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I, I did see right. I did see it was posted, and I saw there's ten episodes. Uh, it's, it's a mystery of the week type of show done by Ryan Johnson, uh, starring what's her name Natasha Leone. Um, comes yep. out on January twenty fourth. Tons of guest stars in it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Shrinking on Apple TV comes out on January twenty seventh. Jason Se- Jason Siegel from uh, from all the Judd Apatow movies and uh, from uh, um, fuck I can't remember the name of the movie and Harrison Ford. Um, it's it's created by Ted Lasso creators Bill Lawrence and uh, the actor and writer Brett Goldstein who plays um, who plays the lead in uh, Ted Lasso. Not uh, not uh, Jason Sudeikis, but uh, fuck I can't remember his name. Um, Roy Kent. Um, they they created the show, and Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel are starring about a uh, shrink. Um, and Harrison Ford is the guy who visits the shrink. I think Jason Siegel's a shrink. I don't know too much about it, but it comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, the Boys season four currently filming. I'm not sure if it'll be out this year, but it's currently filming. But the spinoff will be coming out. Gen V. This is the first spinoff for the Boys live action spinoff. They've had a cartoon, but Gen V is going to be the live action spinoff of the Boys. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. They released a trailer not too long ago for that. Looked good. And Futurama returns as well. Never got into Futurama. Haven't even seen an episode of it. But it's coming back. uh, Returning. (laughs) Returning the series. And probably my third most most, uh, anticipated show of the year. Another Star Wars show, Ahsoka. Starring uh, Um, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka from Star Wars. Yep. Uh, that's my number two. Um, I go Last of Us to that, then Mando. Yep. Um, pretty much on the same. Pretty much same as Mando, but yeah. Um, one thing you did not mention because I believe it's coming out this year, and I don't think you watched the first season, which you should, uh, especially hosting this podcast, is Invincible season two. Okay. Yep. I believe that's coming this year. Uh, you never watched Invincible, did you? I did not. It's really good. It's the first episode you're like okay this is like a saturday morning cartoon and no it's not no it's not um it's got jk simmons as the dad uh steven yang from uh walking dead is the son um it's about a superhero family the dad's basically superman he's training his son and shit goes off the rails at the end of the first episode and i don't want to spoil anything because you should probably watch that show but it's really good okay um, so now let's talk about movies. Um, let's talk about movies, and I see that you had a, a pineapple scale in, in anticipation. Yes, you this is only s- for the movies that we actually really care about, um, yeah. that we will talk about. A lot of these I've never heard of, and they don't have trailers yet, so we'll just go off what we've, what we're anticipating, um, from the non-trailer movies and from the trailer movies that we've seen. Okay. So, yeah. Um couple of mentions here. You're going to be watching Megan tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it or not. We'll see. Um, but yep. Megan comes out tomorrow. Horror movie. Yep. Another horror doll movie. <laughs> but it comes out tomorrow. <laughs> um, Pale Blue Eyes came out today on Netflix starring uh, Christian Bale. Want to watch that? Oh, um, yes. Knock, Knock at the Cabin. That's the new M. Night Shyamalan movie starring Dave Bautista. Um, saw the trailer to that looks good, but it's M Night Shyamalan, so you're very fifty fifty on that. Maybe even yeah, eight, maybe even eighty. But Cecil looks like he's gonna be awesome in it. But yeah, I'm yeah, uh, yeah twenty eighty. Yeah, it's uh, it's M Night, and 
could M. Night do something for me? Just once. Yeah. Just make a movie exactly. that doesn't have a twist. Just make, yep. like, okay, you know what the twist, the perfect twist to this movie would be? Is if there's no fucking twist. Mm. Yeah, an actual story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because usually it's like he figures out the twist, and then he works everything works around the around twist. It, yeah. And more times than not, it doesn't work. Like, I feel like The Sixth Sense was such a crazy twist, and it happens at such a great time, and especially back in 1999, that then he builds his entire career off of, I'm the twist guy. Mm. Just make a good movie, and if it has a good twist, it everything works itself out. Yeah. Um, have you heard of Shotgun Winning, Kevin? Some this? some of these I haven't heard of, so I'm just gonna we're just gonna skip them if we haven't heard about them. I have Shock, not. Shotgun Wedding, Murder Mystery Two, never heard of it. Your Place or Mine, never heard of it. Um, the one movie that's not on this list comes out on Netflix on January 27th. Trailer just came out a couple days ago. We're gonna talk about it in a little bit, but You People, starring Jonah Hill and, and Eddie Murphy, comes out on Netflix. Yes, I just saw the trailer. Yes, looks great. Um, on uh, February 17th. We're not going to get into it, but Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. We're going to get into MCU stuff in a little later. February 24th, Cocaine Bear. The one sleeper, the one sleeper <laughs> hit of the, of the, of the winter here. Uh, it's based off a true story that's kind of been reimagined. Um, it, looks, it looks great. Ray Liotta's last role. March 3rd, Creed Motherfucking 3. Yep. Yeah, it looks great. Um, you got you got Jonathan Majors coming back, Kang the Conqueror himself. You got um, you got Michael B. Jordan coming back as Creed, but you also have him coming back as uh, coming in as a director of this because 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 uh, what's his name is gone, and uh, well, and, yeah, uh, Coogler's Stallone, gone and Stallone's gone. Stallone's so. gone as well, so he's in charge. Um, the Haunted Mansion on March tenth. They're doing a re- redo of that. I'm not sure if it's been if it's been if it's been moved or not, but um, I haven't seen any any previews of it. I don't know if it's a Disney Plus exclusive. I have no idea. Um, this movie has been moved around so much, but it's a DC movie. Shazam: Fury of the Gods, Gods on March 17th. Um, uh, you missed one. You missed one. Scream, yes. Yeah, Scream you Six. One of my favorites. Scream Six Thank on you. March 10th. Thank you. Uh, what I hope from this one, and I have hoped from the middle part of, or maybe towards the end of the middle part of Scream 5, was that that movie would have had a third killer, because there is no way that chick can lift up Dewey with two knives in the hospital scene. <laughs> so hopefully this movie is about... Uh, Fucking Dewey. It was a three-killer deal, and the third killer is coming back to finish the job. That's what okay. I hope this is about. Probably won't be that, about that at all. Scream 5 was, I liked it a lot. There's also, it's basically fan fiction at this time. It was like if I was able to do a Scream movie, what would I do? And I think they did a really good job. Yep. Continue. Uh, March 24th. I'm not caught up on these movies. I've only watched the first two. I know they're doing a spinoff of this on HBO Max, I think. A series called Ballerina. But they're doing John Wick Chapter 4. Bringing back, yep. uh, bringing back uh, Keanu Reeves to play the lead character of John Wick. I wonder if they'll introduce uh, Ana de Armas in this one because she's the one that's going to be starring in the spinoff. Right. So I wonder right. if she's introduced here. And the last, the last part of the winter spring preview is Super Mario Brothers, the animated, the animated movie. We see a couple trailers for this. Looks amazing. A uh, lot of, uh, lot of throwbacks. I cannot to, wait. A lot of throwbacks to the I game. I was playing a lot of Mario Kart last night. I can't wait. April seventh, that comes out. 
So you want to do a little bit of uh, scale and anticipation for this. Um, out of sure. all of these movies, I am anticipating Cocaine Bear is a great comedy. Um, I don't know if I want to scale it on the pineapple scale yet. Cause yeah, movie... I just I was just writing those out. Um, I was just doing it just because I was bored the other night and trying to get my mind off things. So I just okay. kind of printed that out. Um, oh, I so yeah, we don't thing. have to do it, but we just talk about we just talk about maybe our top five most anticipated for this list. I also missed one as well. Um, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves comes out March thirty first. We got I got to see that. Oh too. yes, yes. Um, so yeah, let's. Not, I yeah, I don't. My anticipation because seeing a trailer, like you've mentioned before, a trailer can definitely either make or break a movie. Yeah, and a lot of them don't give a lot of information, but some of them do. So it's hard to tell. Like, like a movie like I, I can't speculate what Cocaine Bear and how it's going to be if it's like, going to be a good or bad movie. And like taking it to this year, like if, when we did this last year, we had no idea. Like if we were looking at this list and we saw in November that the menu was coming out, yeah, we, we would skip by it, but we yep. both ended up loving it. Um, so that's honestly what I'm most anticipating this year is. I know how I feel about the poll movies. Hopefully. But I can't wait for like that one that comes in that just unexpectedly like people are like you should go see this and then you go see it and you're like, wow, I'm really glad I saw that movie that I had no idea about eight months ago. Yeah, looking for looking for some good surprises this year that'll blow us away. There's a lot of like you mentioned, yep. a lot of lot of ten pole movies. But let's get into the spring and summer. This is the blockbuster season. A lot of good stuff coming out. April fourteenth, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But the trailer came for it came out for it today renfield holy yes. shit uh we'll talk about it a little bit we'll talk about the trailer <laughs> awesome. um evil dead rise sequel to evil dead i'm not into the evil dead movies as much as i know adam our friend adam is but uh yeah I, i'm sure I, uh, you've, I'm, I'm the sure same way um i saw them back in the day but i'm not a huge evil dead fan i really rather enjoyed the remake a lot that came out in 2013 yeah um, and I don't know where this connects. I don't know if it connects to the remake or if it connects to the original movies. So, um, I haven't done my research. May 19th, Fast and Furious 10. Um, I'm not caught up on those <laughs> movies. I've only seen the first three. I gave up after what? they went to Asia. Yeah, I've only seen the first three. Um, That's crazy because they got really good. Uh, four, five, six, and seven are all very good. Hmm. Eight is just meh. Nine is... Uh, it's it's their version of Moonraker, because hmm. they just do a bunch of crazy shit and then somehow they end up in space. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, have you have you heard about a movie called The Mother? No, it must be horror. Yeah, it could be. Um, May twenty sixth, two movies we're going to bring up. The Little Mermaid comes out. This is Memorial Day weekend. The re the live action remake of Little Mermaid starring uh, Haley Berry, not Halle Berry. Um, yes, very confusing uh, first. Very confusing. Also, that weekend announced this week, which we're going to talk about it in a little bit. We'll talk about it now. Burt Kreischer's movie The Machine is coming out that same exact weekend. I'm telling you right now that I'm probably going to be spending four or five hours at the theater that day watching those two movies back to back. <laughs> um, on. June 2nd, probably the most anticipated animated movie of the year, besides, besides, uh, besides, It um, is my number three most anticipated movie of the year. Okay. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to the, of course, the animated Spider-Man movie that came out from Sony a few years ago, um, starring Miles Morales, 
Um, not much you can say about it. If you've seen that first movie, you realize how great of a movie it is. It could be the best comic book adaptation ever made. Best animated comic book movie, definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely pages come right out of the, come right out, right out of you from the comic books onto the screen um, for the first movie. So looking forward to that and seeing if they can. And of course, this is the first part of two. So there's going to be another sequel to that coming out uh, a year later, I believe. Um, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, starring Anthony Ramos from uh, Hamilton. He comes in. He's playing the lead in this. Um, and it's about the beast, the beast, uh, the beast monsters, Transformers. I, I, I don't, I haven't watched a Transformers movie in a very long time. I didn't watch the Mark Wahlberg one. I didn't watch Bumblebee, which that, I hear is very good. Bumblebee is really good. Mark Wahlberg one was not good. Anything after the first one can get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, outside of Bumblebee. Um, even in general, the first one sucks. Uh, and like my brother-in-law always brings up, he's like, well, I know you don't like, tra- no, I love Transformers. I just think Michael Bay doesn't know what the fuck Transformers are. Like, it just feels like those movies aren't made from a place of love, um, which I feel like this franchise should have been made from. When you um, were when you were a kid, were you into Transformers, or was that that was a little bit before us, right? I was into the toys. I wasn't big into the cartoon. Um, yeah, the, the I had cartoon, a few of the VHS tapes. Yeah, the the cartoon seemed like it was maybe a couple years before before our gener- yeah. before us. Um, yeah, we were more into Ninja, Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers and, and Ghostbusters, real yeah. Ghostbusters. So, um, Pixar's new movie Elemental. Don't know much about it. June sixteenth. Also June sixteenth. The one movie, one DC movie that I'm excited for. I although it's a DC movie, everybody's praising it. The Flash. The reason this, this movie, movie, yeah, it should be a train wreck. But everyone's saying it's one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. They're, and they, they're I just saying I'm so. This is my number one most anticipated movie. Because of the fact, I need to see what the fuck's going to happen in this movie because it should be a train wreck. People say it's a classic. I, I honestly have there. no idea, and it's crazy. They're putting it up there with the Dark Knight. Insiders are saying it's I know up there with the Dark Knight. I know. That's that's a, that's a insane. huge that's a huge thing to say and. Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. This movie's been pushed back so many times, not because of the, just not just because and, of the pandemic, but because of Ezra Miller, of course. But and like, how do you? I just don't. Yeah. I'm just really looking forward to this movie, good or bad. A couple weeks later, uh, going into the July Fourth weekend, you've got Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny coming back for the fifth and final Indiana jo- Jones movie for Harrison Ford. Um, I'm not sure I if this will. Yeah, I hope it's good too. Um, I know. Uh, what's his name? James Mandigal is that guy who's doing it. Yep. 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 Uh, looks good. Uh, Madam Web. I'm not sure if it's been delayed. It's not on this list, but I do have it on mine. Uh, it, it's supposed to come out in July, but I'm not sure it's been delayed. Uh, Mission Impossible. I'm behind on those movies too. I've only watched the first three. Mission we Impossible. We are gonna do Dead the Reckoning. rewatch. Okay. Leading up to it. Okay. We'll do the Dead, rewatch. Dead Reckoning Part One, and of course, there's a second one coming out uh, June 14th, yeah. June 21st. Uh, July twenty first, I mean Oppenheimer. You've got we've Can't talked wait. about it. Cannot we've wait. talked about it. Can't wait for it. It's gonna be a great. We gotta get to an IMAX movie for this. This is this is gonna be great in IMAX. We gotta we gotta take the trip somewhere for an IMAX screening of this. Um, of yeah. course, you don't think we'll so? See. Oh no, it's definitely gonna be worth it in IMAX. I just don't know if I'm gonna have the time in the middle of the night. Oh July yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's that's the summer blockbuster season, and we're going into August. You got Barbie. Ugh. 
You got fucking Barbie on July twenty first, <laughs> starring Margot <clears throat> Margot Robbie. Um, you got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. I think it's an animated reboot. I think Seth Rogen and his writing partner are in are in charge of that. Um, Meg to the trench about the about the shark there. The Magdalene Magdalene Magdalene. What the fuck it's called. You uh, um, you skipped over the Marvels on July twenty eighth. Yeah, I, I've I'm skipping all the Marvel. I've skipped all the Marvel stuff. Oh, okay, um, okay. I yeah, skipped. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I skipped. I skipped Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three too. We're gonna get into okay. it after all okay, this. Cool. Um, Disney's Haunted Mansion. I guess that was August eleventh, so it was on there. It was just off my list. Um, Gran Turismo, the video game adaptation. They just released a teaser for it yesterday. Yeah. I think uh, August eleventh. I have no idea. Um, the other DC, I think this is probably one of your most anticipated DC movies this year, is Blue yeah. Beetle. Um, I, uh, I'm interested to see where they go from... I'm more interested to see what James Gunn has planned for the character. Yeah. on Because this could be so separated from the rest of it that he right. might keep the character. And also, I do really like really like um, the guy playing Blue Beetle. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. But... Um, He's really good. I like him a lot in the Karate Kid show. And I've seen him interview a bunch. He's just like a normal, like, he's the type of guy who got the job um, on the Karate Kid show. And his mother still makes him mow the lawn type deal. Uh, <laughs> seems very down to earth, just like your normal uh, teenager. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to this. Yep. Um, the Nun 2, are you into all those Conjuring movies? Odd that I'm a horror fan. I'm not a huge fan of the Conjuring universe. Okay. Um, but granted, my horror background is mostly from my love of slashers and trying to make me throw up. Right. Um, I mean, I skipped one too. The Equalizer three. Denzel Washington yep. coming back for a sequel. I never. I didn't see the second one. I only saw the first one. I liked it a lot though. It's good. Yeah. The first one's excellent. The second one's just a step down. A Haunting in Venice. You know anything about that? No. Never heard of it. Uh, Expendables four. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Sylvester Stallone not coming Stallone. back for that as well. <laughs> so you skipped that one is, out uh, as well. Is Schwarzenegger in it? I have no idea who's in that. I don't know. I'm not even sure. I, I, I haven't heard anything I'm, about it. I'm guessing Statham, Statham is in it because he never turns on a paycheck. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no idea. Um, and October 6th, another Sony Spider-Man movie, Craven the Hunter, starring yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I love. But it's Sony, yep. so I don't know what to, I don't even know what to say. Um, yeah, uh, Russell Crowe's coming in playing his father. It, it, it's a strange on paper. If this wasn't a Spider-Man movie, if this was just a, a, a comic book movie, it's great. But having Craven the Hunter without Spider-Man is a tr- is a, a train wreck to me. It, on paper, it's it's a mess. Yeah, and I mean Morbius, it works for Venom uh, as far as the, as far as money making it works for Venom. Um, not having uh, Spider-Man in it, so. But storytelling, which I is what I care about, especially in the comic book, comic book sense of creating a, a a a group like they're trying to do, and not having Spider-Man part of it, it's a mess to me. Yeah. And, and everything I hear about Morbius, the reason I haven't watched it is because of the mess that it creates, and I've heard mo- rumors of the after-credit scene and all that shit. Um, remake of The Exorcist coming out on October thirteenth. We're in the October horror movies now. Um, I know you may, you probably may be excited about that. I don't know. Uh, what's your feelings on The Exorcist? Uh, is it a straight remake? I guess so. Because yeah. I don't like that. I'm going to go ahead and say pass. Um, then we'll move on to October 27th with Saw. Saw and, 10. What you're into, Saw, you love uh, all those movies. Yes, I, yeah. I love 
those movies. Uh, one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Uh, I'll see every Saw movie I can. So yeah. Um and the sequel to Dune, which we saw a couple of years ago, Dune Part Two, November third. Um, yeah, excited. I'm excited. Yeah, the, I, first, uh, the first Dune blew I, me away compared to what we saw the night before the first Dune. The very first movie we reviewed for the podcast a year ago, a year and a half yeah. ago. So the uh, I know I mentioned uh, the Flash as being my number one most anticipated of the year. Mm-hmm. That's excluding Dune too because that is way above anything in this list as far yeah. as anticipation level. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's got Timothy Chalamet's character should be a complete badass in this movie mm-hmm. where you see him fucking people up. Um, the first Dune is kind of like just a very soft introduction and this is going to be the one with all the action in it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, so now we're getting into the winter. Um, Hunger Games prequel, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, currently filming. supposed to come out November 17th. They're doing a fast turnaround for that. We'll see if that keeps the date. Um, December 15th movie has already been filmed starring Timothy Chalamet as the, pre- the prequel to Willy Wonka called Wonka. Don't yeah. know much about it. I, uh, I don't know anything about it. I'm going to judge the trailer comes out. Uh, like I say, even in, even in my review of Bones and all, Timothy Chalamet was absolutely incredible in that movie. I think he's a really good actor. Probably the best of his generation um, as far as young guys go. So we'll see. Hopefully it's good. Yeah. Um, the Color Purple remake, never saw the original, coming out December 20th. Um, December 20th, this is still on the schedule, but it hasn't even filmed yet, so I can't see this keeping the date, but we'll see. Yeah. The Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, uh, I don't think it's going to keep that like, date. I think it's Memorial Day next the, year. Yep, I think it's going to be pushed to the next summer. But if, the one, If we're lucky. The last movie that's on the list, we'll talk about the stuff that's not on the list, that's not scheduled. But Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the very last DC movie before James Gunn reboots everything. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom going to be the last DC movie that's been pushed back a bunch of times. Sequel to the first Aquaman movie. To it. Starring Jason Momoa coming back. Um, so yeah, uh, let's get into the movies that aren't on the list so far. Um, Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley sequel to the, the, the that whole entire series. Um, actually, that's pretty much all, all on that list that... That I saw. Um, anything um, that did you, you see the one about? I put in the notes? No, what's that? Uh, Rebel Rebel Moon is oh, yeah, in post production. Yeah, that's right. Uh, right now, so I assume it's coming out October or November. Uh, I am really anticipating this. Uh, just thinking about Zack Snyder's visual style in a Star Wars like movie, I think should be really good. Um, and hopefully, he's able to make this a franchise so that. The Snyderverse can shut the fuck up and realize that he's walked away from doing DC movies for good. Because he's walked away. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. This will be this will be him proving this will be him I, proving his worth. I would uh, love him to be. I would love him to make an incredibly good sci-fi movie called Rebel Moon, and be able to make six of those. Just like Ryan Johnson is now doing his his Knives Out instead of Star or Wars. James Cameron just like doing James Avatar. Cameron moved yeah. on. Instead, James Cameron moving on from Avatar, uh, or to Avatar, I think this is what he should be doing and focusing on, yep. and not his crybaby fan base. Yep. So, we've already talked about all the, all the major movies that aren't Marvel-related. Of course, this is Geek Blurb. I am very much Marvel-centric in my, in my uh, standings of movies for the year and blockbusters. 
to the point where the only movies that I really, really go to the movies for nowadays, unless you drag me, are Mar Marvel movies. So let's break down the best upcoming MCU projects of 2023. Some of these are not on the schedule, but some of them have already been in production, are in post-production, and in production currently. They'll be out by the end of the year, so let's talk about it. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out next month, a, a month from now, a month and a couple weeks. Um, bringing back, this is the third sequel to that, bringing back all the original cast from those movies and Kang the Conqueror and MODOK. I'm anticipating this, but it, of course it's an Ant-Man movie. And also, there's been rumors that we might see, I, I doubt it, but there's been rumors about potentially seeing the Fantastic Four. At some point yeah, because yeah, it, yeah, it has a lot, um, of, lot to do with the quantum realm. Yep. Yep. And uh, Bill Murray's yeah, in this. From all, all accounts, um, from what I've heard via people with actual insight into the industry, have heard and I've listened to, they say that it is an Endgame Infinity War yep. kind of movie. Yeah. Like, it's going to be on that scale, which is weird because, like you said, it's an Ant Man movie. It's similar to when I heard that Flash was like the Dark Knight. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm re really anticipating this. And uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Um, sometime this year, probably gonna be the first show that debuts on Disney Plus this year. Already currently already filmed, but it's a it's a adaptation off the comic book series of Secret Invasion and Secret Invasion, the TV show, uh, starring yep. as as Nick Fury coming back, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, you have a lot of the uh, a lot of the actors who were in Shield coming back for this. Um, uh, Colby Smulders coming back as uh, Maria Hill. You have uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Khaleesi from the Game of Thrones coming in as a new character. Yep. Um, a lot of the scrolls. Yeah. It's a scroll war. Scroll have infiltrated the United States and the world. They're they they are they're doing secret secret cells of, of America taking over higher higher post in America if it's based off what the comic book series yep. are. Um, and which means they also have the keys to the kingdom. So they can they can start wars, they can they can start trouble. And uh, yeah, anticipating it. Um, first it should be the first show. It's the one that's in f further in post production than anything else. Um, of course yeah, um, I listened to uh, Robert Meyer Burnett talk about this. That guy has script read for years in Hollywood, and he said that his he ended up with the script for the first two episodes. He says the scripts are really, really good for this show. Cool, cool. Um, I didn't mention What If season two because it's kind of MCU adjacent, and the first season was kind of trash. But I'll mention mm. it. It comes out sometime this year. It's an animated series, uh, multiverse stuff. First first season was a mixed bag. It was yeah. it was really good. Some was really bad. The uh, the the whole the the Ultron was my favorite part. The Ultron that actually actually was made the one that that, that yep. the, the cat that they they made ultron the the vision was turned into ultron i thought it was cool um most anticipated mcu movie for me by far by 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 mile is guardians of the galaxy volume three james gunn's final foray into the mcu before he takes over dc which he already has but this is it this is his final movie final movie yeah, for a lot um, of these characters most, as well I'm most anticipated i'm that's my most anticipated but I think Ant-Man could be better. Yeah. Um, depending on could what be. happens in that movie. Right. But this is by far, like, James Gunn has built this this universe for these characters and done an incredible job. And I believe I told you on text that if he kills a CGI raccoon, I'm going to cry. 
Yeah. That's yep. that's how attached I am. Yep. Yeah, very attached to these movies. Uh, soundtrack, soundtrack, of course, one and two soundtrack, volume ones and two are great. Um, he does a great job with uh, doing the mu- music for those. So, um, A show that's currently in production, maybe in post-production now, is Echo, a spinoff to Hawkeye, a, a spinoff to Daredevil, which is going to spin off of this as well, which is starting filming, I think, in a month or so. Um, but she may come back for that as well. But it's about the uh, the death girl who has no legs, who uh, who is kind of an assassin who was adopted by P- Kingpin, which you saw if you saw Hawkeye, you knew that. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. It's set in the it's set in Hell's Kitchen, so it's got that grittiness of New York feel. Another show coming out this year, my most anticipated show this year is Loki season two because Loki season one blew me away. Um, Tom Hiddleston coming back as Loki, Sophie, the uh, the uh, variant of Loki coming back, and Mobius played by Owen Wilson coming back as well for this. Kang has taken they they've gone into a new dimension where Kang has taken over, and he is a ruler. And Loki and Mo and at the very end of season one, Mobius and his uh, partner have arrested Loki. And shenanigans, I'm sure, will take place. And Sophie is nowhere to be found because she killed Kang, the last, the one who remains at the end, and supposedly created too many Kangs after that. So we'll see what happens. Um, the Marvels comes out on July 28th, combining yeah. three MCU shows and movies into one. You got Miss Marvel, you got Monica Rambeau from uh, WandaVision, and you've got. Captain Marvel from Captain Marvel. This is a sequel to that. Um, you may be seeing this without me. We'll see. We'll see how it is. I'll, I'll let you Zero know. Zero interest. <laughs> um, Iron Hearts. This is also in production. It's a sequel to Black Panther. Uh, a spinoff to Black Panther. But there's going to be a lot of magical connections to it. There's going to be a lot of speculation on... Well, there is speculation right now that um, Mephisto will be in that. Played by Shasta Baron Cohen. Um... Ironheart, who was in uh, who was in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, she she is going to be a primary. I liked her a lot. I liked her a lot in this, and, uh, and I'm excited for this because of that. Um, and uh, yeah, in X Men '97, another animated series. Not sure if it's coming Can't out this year, uh, but it was scheduled to come out this year. Um, and the one thing that's probably not coming out because they're going to start filming in a couple weeks, but Ag- Agatha Coven of Chaos probably come out in the beginning of 2024. I would think probably about this time, maybe maybe a little bit later, but. Um, That'll be their January show or February yeah, show. I think it's in the beginning of 2024. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the MCU. I did want to bring up. Um, I think there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of rumors that Morbius, played by Owen Wilson, is going to be in Deadpool three. Um, and I think that the Loki season two will probably set that up. That's my ex- that's my speculation. Because um, if you th- if you've seen Deadpool two, you know that Loki's created a lot of havoc. He's gone in time. He's he's killed. He went in there. He killed um, Ryan Reynolds, who was reading who was reading the script to um, Green Lantern. He went in there. He killed. He he killed himself. The shitty Deadpool. Um, and there's gonna be a lot of consequences for fucking with the multiverse. And I think that's where Mobius is gonna come in and try to clean up the mess. Um, and, and of course Wolverine's coming back for that too. So that will be for a couple of years. But. Um, 
And I think I wrote this in the notes. Will the Phase Six TV shows have more stakes that will involve the entire MCU overall? So far, we've kind of said about the MCU Phase Four has been hit or miss. I mean, yeah, Phase Four hit or miss. And uh, a lot of the TV shows have been too long. Should have been condensed in the, into a shorter format, a movie or what what have you. Maybe a couple episode like mini series or something. Um. I think each show and movie coming out this year has more multiple connections. Like I've already mentioned with the Marvels, it's connected to three other shows and movies. Um, same with Loki, it's connected to a whole bunch of shit. Um, but I think everything coming out this year is kind of connected to everything that's been... The, the story's been told through Phase 4. So, um, excited about MCU this year. Uh, kind of in a... in a Right before the climax of everything, because in a couple of years we're going to see the end of it with Phase 6... Um, going into Fantastic Four, everything's building up to that, and then of course the mutants, little little uh, breadcrumbs being thrown out about the mutants here and there. So excited about MCU, excited, and uh, and where Phase Five is going to start, and of course Thunderbolts where it's going to end. So, um, so yeah, that's it for. Our, did I miss anything that you wanted to bring up? I I don't know. I think I got everything for the most part. Yeah, you got pretty much everything. Yep. So let's get into the news. And it's not a new segment without the trailer roundup. Take that. Um, you put <laughs> you put this in the notes. What the hell yes. is this, Kevin? So here's the deal. I doubt we talked about it already. I can't remember if you brought it up. Nope. But as you know, a long time, uh, both movie X and Burl were in my top ten of the year last year. Until uh, the end of the year, where they got pushed back in like around the 15, 16 mark. But when Ty West made X, he casts the same girl to be the protagonist and the antagonist, so she plays this, like, 75-year-old woman as the antagonist, and it's, like, 25-year-old woman as the protagonist, and when they were making that, she came in and she threw down, like, a 200 pages, it was like, I came up with her backstory covering her life, whatever. So, as they're filming that movie, X, Ty West wrote and started producing the movie Pearl, which was her backstory. I reviewed Pearl on the podcast. Yep. This is that woman, uh, played by Bigoth, who is now going to be pursuing her dreams in Hollywood in the 1980s. X was her just trying to get a start and doing whatever she could, so she started filming porn, which happened a lot in the 70s with a lot of famous actors that you would know now actually started out doing porn. Um, so this... This came out in, like, the fall, and I just got for the first time. Hmm. Uh, and it's just a very simple uh, teaser. It starts, like, it, this great 80s kits, and you see, like, play like it's an old VCR, and it looks like you're watching a tape. And it just pans around to the Hollywood sign, but instead of Hollywood, it's Maxine with three X's in the middle. And all it says is coming soon. Hmm. Um, so this is another movie where... It should be coming out this year because I think they're in post-production right now. Um, I didn't bring it up because I'm talking about it now. Hopefully that'll be out and cannot wait for it. Um, I really, really enjoyed X. I think next November, uh, next October we're going to do X and Pearl That's so you fine. can see them and review them. Uh, but I'm really, really, or if this is out by then, hopefully it will be. We can do all three. Um, cool. But really looking forward to this. Ty West has uh, his own little spin on things where a lot of things, it's very like he takes Texas Chainsaw and he just kind of makes it his own. 
uh, with X, and then Pearl's a movie that I can't even compare it to anything else because it's a horror movie like I have never seen before in my life. Hmm. So, uh, looking forward to this movie. I have a visitor on my desk today. It's the goddamn cat. <laughs> um, one thing I'm excited for coming out in 2023. A trailer came out for Rise of the Pink Ladies, the Grease spinoff sequel pre preview, prequel, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about that. I I, I love Grease. I love the first, I love the movie, but I'm not sure. I don't like Grease too. Yeah, a lot of, uh, I love a, the first Grease. But yeah, this is a prequel to Greece, starring the Pink Ladies, uh, Rise of the Pink Ladies, so I have no idea. Um, we mentioned it in the preview for 2023. It comes out next week or the week after. You People, starring Jonah Hill and, and Eddie Murphy. Coming out on Netflix, it's a comedy. Looks great. It's, it's rem- reminds me a lot of those. Uh, I think uh, Ice Cube did a movie with Kevin Hart, the same type of thing. Or uh, There's yep. another one... Um, uh, the one uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Guess who? I think it was um, it was Bernie Mac and uh, Ashton Kutcher came out in like tw- uh, 2003, maybe. Same type of deal yeah. where your white guy's going into a black family has to meet the father, it, and there's a whole bunch of shit it happens. Funny you brought up the SQ movie. Um, it did give me vibes of 22 Jump Street. Uh, yeah. maybe that's because it's uh, same actor, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's pretty funny. Yep. Uh, Jonah, Hill, Jonah, Jonah Hill hasn't been in a lot of comedies, so this is the first time he's been back in comedies for a while. He's a funny motherfucker, so uh, yeah. excited for that. And we also mentioned this in the very beginning of 2023 preview. Trailer came out today or yesterday. Renfield. It's a it's a re- reimagining of the Dracula, which is fun. It's funny because we just reviewed Dracula at Christmas, uh, uh, Christmas at Halloween this year. But this yep. is a trailer about Renfield later on in modern times who, go, who Renfield was Dracula's um, assistant. He's one that ate all the bugs and stuff. And this is set in modern times and he's and he's in like a he's in like a uh, AA group or one of those type of groups and it's all about Renfield and Dracula the thing about this movie is that Dracula's in it and he's played by Nicholas Cage, who eats <laughs> up the scenery in this trailer like you wouldn't believe. Oh yeah, I, I can't wait to see this movie. <laughs> I don't, it's really awesome. I never thought in 2023 I would say I'm excited to see a Nicolas Cage movie, but I am. I think there's two there's two actors I want to go a deep dive into this year: Paul Dano and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, I got some Nicolas Cage movies for you. Yeah. He's I, he was my favorite uh, actor when I was uh, in high school. I love Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and I saw you put this in the notes because I forgot to do it. But yeah, uh, the guy who was in Terminator films, he played the doctor um, in the One, Terminator two, films. Yep. Uh, yep. He died. He died today. Actually, he died at the age of eighty-one. Earl Bone. One of one of my favorite Terminator scenes in both of those movies is uh, the scene in the first one where he's interviewing Kyle Reese. And Kyle's talking about how, like, what infantries were in this, that, and the other. I just, I just loved that scene uh, so much, because, like, from both perspectives, you look at it, like, what's this doctor thinking, like, as this guy's claiming he's from 2019 or whatever he was from, and then on the other side, like, Kyle's got this job to do, but he's being detained. It's just, I love the balance in that scene. Um, really, yeah, it's it's sad. I liked him a lot, and then he, of course, had that quick scene in Terror Three. I haven't seen Terminator 3 in so long. i got to go back and watch those movies. 
I, I want to see. I want to see the. I want to see the fourth one because I do like the Christian Bale one a lot. And uh, I uh, my my rankings from those pretty much go as they come out. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's my ranking for the Terminator films. I understand why people have two above it, but two, two is it. great on different levels. Two is great on different levels than one is to me. One's more of like a psychological horror, where two is a straight up action movie. Um, so I appreciate them both very. I have one slightly above that because that was also the first one I saw. Yeah, two, and I love Michael Bean. So. Yeah, two, two is my favorite, but it's also like top five movie, maybe top ten movie for me. Yeah, so they're both time. in my top ten. So yeah. Um. So let's get into the bulk of the news. Uh, big news of the week came out last weekend, right after we recorded. Jeremy Renner was hit by a he was hit by his own plow, I believe. Um, he lives out in, in the boonies somewhere. I don't even know where. I think Northern California up in, uh, in Lake It's Tahoe. Reno. Reno, Nevada. Okay, that's Reno, where it Nevada. Was. Yeah. But he ended up getting run over by his plow, um, and he lost a ton of blood. He ended up rupturing one of his lungs, I believe, and, and some kidney damage. I, I, he I was, don't know uh, the, full, the full report, but... He was in his plow, and... He was helping his out a family member. was stuck. Or yeah, a family member, somebody was stuck or something, yeah. and he got out of his plow and uh, tried to. He's help. got a lawsuit. He's gonna have a lawsuit because apparently it was a safety feat just didn't work. Yeah, in the plow is what I heard. So we'll that's see. what I heard too. Yeah, but yeah, he's in the hospital currently. Uh, he was in critical condition, but now he's stable. Um, but yeah, so he's, he was. What in, you're telling was... me? So he went from the MCU to the ICU. Oh fuck, Kevin. Oh my god, god! Sorry, sorry, that got dark. <laughs> there was something. There was something else I heard about Jeremy. Another like meme I saw too. I can't remember what the fuck it was, but oh my god! So let's get into CES, the Consumer Electronics Expo. Uh, happens in it happens in the uh, happens in Las Vegas this time of year in January, beginning in January. They always come up with a new consumer products of the year. Wanted to mention a couple of cool products that are coming out. A couple of upgrades. Um, Philips Hue. I don't know. You don't. You haven't gotten into the smart home stuff yet, have you, Kevin? Like smart bulbs. Not and really. Hue. No. It's amazing. Yeah. Once you once you get into it, you get addicted. Especially yeah. how easy the how easy how easy it is with Apple and the HomeKit <laughs> app. It's like. It's like uh, tattoos and Funko Pops. Once you get in, you can't get out. Yeah, and, and and once you buy your first smart bulb or smart smart anything that's connected to your phone. You're addicted to it. But Philips Hue is the big one. Like, you buy a Philips Hue and you buy the light bulbs. You can control them with your phone. You can talk to Siri say, hey, Siri, shut off this and this and this. Don't do it yep. now. But Philips Philips Hue is the main main category for that. And they have what they call ambient light on the televisions. Ambient light is when you're watching a movie, it's like having surround sound for, the, for, for, vid, for, uh, for visual where you see the lights around it. So let's say you're watching a a movie with lots and lots of colors. You can see colors surrounding your TV, surrounding your room. Like if you had lights behind you, you could see the brightness coming from behind you, like a, like a sensory overload. Looks really cool in every video I've seen of it. But Samsung is adding that to an app to their TVs that has that integrated into there. So all you got to do is go on the Philips Hue app, buy these bulbs, and it, and it automatically anything that's connected to your Samsung TV will be connected to that. It's pretty cool technology. I love it. Ambient ambient light on these TVs, where you can put light strips on the back of your TV, and it does a very very cool graphic of the of the of the visuals for you while you're watching nice. the movie. 
Um, it's, a, it's a great technology, kind of very in the infancy, very much in the infancy. Um, it's, it's something I've always been looking at. Hue, uh, Philips has their own uh, Hue sync box where you can connect it to a receiver. You can connect HDMIs into it. And you can do the same thing with movies and television. And video games are amazing in this in this technology as well. A lot of the visual video games have lots of, of, of great HDR colors. Look great on the TV, but look great on this as well. Um, the other thing is, I know you're into OLEDs now. You got your first OLED this year. I'm currently yep. hoping to get one in the next couple of years. But they're coming out with one. They boosted up the color 70%. That's the one problem with OLEDs is the... Um, the, the, the the brightness can't be because of the way the technology is. You can't have very bright panels as you could with LEDs, where you have where you have the uh, technology for the light coming out of it. But this new technology is going to boost the brightness almost almost double. Um, but they're also getting redesigned. It's zero zero gap design, so they're going right up flush with the wall. So these so these OLEDs, which you know now, they're very very thin. They're almost like some of them are like paper. Some of them roll out of a roll out of a like a bench. You you can get them. But um, the other thing that's coming out, which is going to be cool for us playing video games, is they've already had it picture in picture. But this isn't going to be a huge thing where you can have a double input mode coming into your TV over HDMI. And let's say you're playing a game and you can you want to watch the football game on the other on the other half of your screen. You can do that with this. And you can switch back and forth to the audio, or you can have one audio coming through your headphones and one audio coming through the TV, and vice versa, this and that. But they're bringing it back to Samsung TVs for the for the first time in a very long time. So, or LG TVs, I should say. Um, so yeah, that's what I wanted to get into for tech. There wasn't too much that I've seen so far. I, I kind of keep an eye on it, but uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I've been staying at my parents' place uh, a lot recently because of the holidays and other circumstances, and I'm just sitting there watching TV last night. I'm like, should I buy an, <laughs> LG, an OLED for my parents' basement? I feel like I might be spending more time here soon. Yeah. Should I do it? Should I pull the trigger? But uh, they're expensive, and I love OLEDs. And it's one of those things where once you go into it and you notice it immediately yeah. when it's not an OLED. And it's fucking insane. I love it so much. It's very early in the technology. Of course, if you own an iPhone Plus, iPhone Pro, whatever the hell they're called, they, they already have the OLED screens. But very early in the technology, so the technology is expensive for an OLED right now. Um, you want a yeah. bigger screen OLED, you're paying four to five thousand dollars. Like the screen, like I have an eighty-six yeah. inch LED. If I want an eighty-six, if I want an eighty-six inch OLED right now, I have to pay four or five thousand for it. So oh, until yeah. until the price, yeah, I mean, goes you can't down, get the thing about the OLEDs is uh, wait till the next year's model comes out because yeah. then you'll pay about four to five hundred dollars less. Um, yeah. That's what I did. Um, I got a Sony and uh, great for me, but it was it's essentially very similar because not a lot can change in a year. Yeah. Um, and it was the uh, this year's model was twelve ninety nine, and I paid seven ninety nine. Um, also, since we're talking the beginning of January, if you're up for a new TV, if you need a new TV, best time to buy is at the end of this month, right before the Super Bowl. That's where all the deals come out for TVs, especially the bigger screens. The big screens are on sale. They want it, they want they want people to watch them for the big Super Bowl games. So, um, Dave Bautista confirms that Guardians of the Galaxy three will probably be his final MCU movie. Um, he wants to be more dramatic. He wants to get into more dramatic roles, and he doesn't want a, he wants he doesn't want to be defined by one character. Um, and he doesn't also doesn't want to be 
He also doesn't want to be on the same level as The Rock, where The Rock is an action star. He wants to be more yeah, dramatic. Yes, I saw that. He was basically like, no, I want to be an actor. Yeah, I want to be a good actor. <laughs> that, was exactly, that was basically the exact quote, yeah. Um, speaking of Nicholas, Cage... He's gotten much better. He's gotten much better since he was first Drax. Great. He's gotten... He looks awesome in the new M. Night Shyamalan... 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 Shyamalan Ding Dong. Shyamalan Ding Dong. Yes, that guy. Um, he looks great in that movie. He does. And he, of course, he was great in Glass Onion. He was great in Bond. Oh, he's fucking amazing. He's great in everything. Um, he's great in Guardians, of course. But um, Nicolas Cage is not reprising his role as uh, Spider-Man Noir in uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Everybody was wondering that, but that's he's not bad. coming back. Yeah, that's, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Coming out on streaming and digital on December on December on February first on Disney Plus and on uh, iTunes and all that, so you can watch it, you can download it, it you can buy it. I'm definitely checking it out. Stream, torrent it, torrent it. Yeah. Kevin doesn't those things. Kevin doesn't do that. No, he doesn't steal. I um, don't not torrent. Not torrent. Rest in peace, <laughs> Nef- Rest in peace, Napster. I love Napster. Um, oh. Waiting three days for a file, you thought it was going to be some rare, unreleased Eminem song and ended up some jackass in his mother's basement. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Avengers, <laughs> Sec- the Avengers Secret War main villain reportedly being revealed. It's, uh, it's a uh, spoiler for the movie, maybe, but they're saying that it's going to be the Beyonder. If you've seen the Secret Wars comic book, the Beyonder is the one that, gr- that brings everyone together to fight on this battle world. From different dimensions. And uh, the Beyonder, they're saying in the movie that the big twist is that um, Jonathan Majors will be a Kang variant playing the Beyonder in this movie. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. That's just a rumor for now. The other rumor that I've seen throughout throughout the internet in the last couple of weeks, there's a lot of, there's a lot of news this week because it's right after the holidays. There's always a rush of, of new news. But um, the rumor that there's going to be another holiday special coming out for, Mar- for uh, Marvel this year on Disney+. Plus. Um, developing, and one of the ones I saw could be a could be a um, Ghost Rider, which would be amazing for Halloween. Oh, that would be, be a, awesome! It'd be amazing, yeah. Uh, an hour long Ghost Rider, like kind of spin off or not spin off, but like a, not even an origin, but just a Ghost Rider story would be great. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, Dave Bautista, I had that still on the list. Um, Finn Jones, who played, um, who played, ah, uh, fuck. Of course, it, uh, I can't. I didn't write it down here. Who the hell? Did, Iron Fist. He played Iron Fist in the Iron Fist, in, yeah. in uh, the Netflix Marvel shows. He says he wants to return as Iron Fist to prove all those motherfuckers wrong. He wants to. He wants to come back. Um, of, of course, yeah. it, they, they say it's a whitewashed character, uh, um, taking from the Japanese or karate, whatever you want to say. They say that that it's taking from that. And Shang Chi kind of turned that around. So, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I do. Well, I, um, I like the first season, but a lot of people shit on it. Two things. Um, one, it's Shang Chi. Two, Shang. Season Shan. two is much. Two is much better than season one of this show, and I enjoyed season one. Yeah, um, I'm not. I, I think he got a better rap because, like, action wise and karate wise. He wasn't that good, but they also cast him about two weeks before they started filming. Yeah. So you can go through that prep in two weeks of all of a sudden being a martial artist. Um, and yes, the character was whitewashed, but season two is much better than season one. Yeah, I haven't caught up on it at all. So, um, 
at the end of the year, there was a lot of stuff. At the beginning of the year, there was a lot of stuff that went into public domain. The very last Sherlock Holmes book went into public domain, so every single Sherlock Holmes story is now in public domain and can be turned into an adaptation freely without let's copyright. Yeah, let's take it. Um, Metropolis, which is an, a movie from the 1920s, black and white. I think it was one of the first uh, sci-fi movies came out. Uh, that's also in public domain. A few other ones, but Sherlock Holmes is the big one. Um, of course, we talked we talked about it this year. Um, uh, Winnie the Pooh came out in the public domain last year. They're doing the horror movie on that. So I think it's every 93 years or 96 years, something will go into public public domain. So that way, that way, um, the reason they do that is because they don't want stuff to lose value, um, lose over the years. Um, I don't know how that's going to work 100 years from now with the stuff that's coming out now because because everything is kind of um, studio driven. It's it's more copyright driven now. So I'm not sure how that will work. I think that I think that's going to change, but. For now, the stuff that came out so many years ago is is still open for open for business. You can pretty much do for public domain anything. So, um, I know back in the day you couldn't even sing the Happy Birthday song. Up until recently, you couldn't sing it because you had to pay a royalty to it. But now it's under under public domain. That, that also a lot of music, a lot of a lot of TV, a lot of movies. Yeah, um, Christoph Crane, um, this underground artist that I like a lot, uh, he did a song called Birthday Song, and I guess that's why it was taken off YouTube. Hmm. This music video for it is, I'm assuming, now that you bring it up, because I was looking for it like literally like a week ago, and hmm. I couldn't find the music video for it. And I wonder if that has to do with it. It could be, yeah, because there's a copyright to it. was, not anymore, though. Yeah. But um, Brian Cranston is returning in the Super Bowl ad as Walter White. Um, Popcorners, the chips, I've never had them, but I've seen them around. Um, he's doing an ad for that in the, on the Super Bowl. You're going to see a lot of news about the Super Bowl ads coming out. A lot of previews, and always, always about this time you start hearing rumors of what's going on, trailers, commercials. We, the Flash trailer. The Flash trailer, Finally. of course, we've heard about that. So, um, of course, the one thing I care about the Super Bowl. I'm not big in the big in the football, but the the the, the commercials that come out in the trailers are the big thing for me. And the MCU stuff and the DC stuff and the big big reveals for that because I usually wait for. That year, that time of year, to come out with uh, something because they got a big, big, huge audience behind it. So, um, we're gonna talk about a little bit about Avatar. Uh, Avatar: The Way of Water uh, did huge box office during the New Year's holiday, eighty-six million dollars over the four-day holiday weekend. Crazy, crazy! Jesus Christ! Um, and, and we've talked about it before. Avatar Three will feature the Fire Navi that was kind of teased in the movie. It's been teased out of the movie as well. Also, that's eighty-six million a month after the movie came out. Yeah, that's crazy. It's yeah. That is fucking insane. Yeah, the movie. The movie is making a profit. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I see you added this to the fucking list, Kevin. <laughs> I wanted to talk about how much of a pretentious douchebag it makes him sound like. <laughs> James Cameron. James Cameron is adamant that Avatar's two is Tolkien's aren't whales, so don't call them that. They're fucking whales. <laughs> They're fucking They're whales. They're 100% whales. <laughs> oh, God. But Avatar 2, Avatar did pass Top Gun 2 as the highest grossing 2022 movie. It did, it did end up beating also the box insane. office. Also yep. insane. Because that movie only, was in theaters for like five months. 
No, two weeks in two weeks it beat the movie. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> That's insane. But because it, it, he, now he says it easily broke box office, even broke even with the box office. We, we've been talking about that. This movie had to get to a certain point to break even. He said it easily did now. And now that's turned to profit, he's going to have to make the rest of the movies that he's planned on making. He's got a saga that he plans on make, making multiple films out of for the next six or seven years. So that's where his where his uh, where he's going to be doing six or seven years. It took him ten years to do this one, but we'll see. Because he also said it. Well, took, it technically took him like three years to film it, and they've right. just been sitting on it since 2015. So yeah, and he said he already has the stories and technology is already there, so it should be faster to come out now every other year, every every two years, three years. So. If this doesn't lead to glasses-less 3D, then what's the fuck point? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Because that was the big rumor is that Avatar 2 was being held up because they were going to make it so you could watch a movie with 3D without having the glasses on. Yeah. Which, of course, then creates a whole bunch of problems. Like, you have to change the screens and all that stuff. But it would be if cool. we end up with glasses, 3D experience, in a movie theater, the five movies will be worth sitting through to get to that. Yeah, get it. If, if we get that, that'd be kind of fucking cool. Yeah, we get that technology. I'd be happy to. Um, House of Jack, House of the Dragon sh- uh, showrunners. We talked about it a little while ago, where one of the showrunners yes. left the left the. Yes, uh, yeah, left it because <sighs> reportedly, hi- reportedly, his wife, who's an actor on the show, she played Allison's uh, handmaid. Um, supposedly, yeah. she, she wanted to be part of the right the producing group. And the husband wanted that too. And when they, when HBO pretty much said no, that can't happen, he left. He quit. Um, and uh, it sucks because the best Thrones episodes, as far as battles go, um, and some of the best episodes in this season were filmed by him because he directed them. Yeah. And he's he's got his he's got a great eye for what they do. Um, yeah, it sucks that he's leaving. Yeah. But as long as Ryan Connell's there, I I have faith that there, there's not going to be any. Uh, it's not gonna be worse, I yeah. guess you could say. Uh, George R. R. Martin, speaking of Game of Thrones, has also said that a couple of the Game of Thrones spinoffs have been shelved by HBO. They may be dead forever, or they may not be dead yeah. forever. Um, not sure which ones he's talking about, but you know he has the insight on that. Mentioned yeah, it a little I, bit. I hope it's not the Jon Snow one because that could yeah. give everyone like, That's even if it's I like an about. eight episode like arc, um, it could give give everyone closure to the. the yeah, that's the one I care about the most. Um, this this yeah. nice the House of Dragons really good, but I want to see a sequel to Game of Thrones. I yeah. want to see what what happens after. I want to see kinda, even if the sequel like a hundred years later, and they kind of give you the history of what happened since Bran took over or whatever. Like that's the type of stuff I would love to see. Yeah. Um, in this world he created. Yeah. I just want to see more of it. Like I mentioned before, Last of Us comes out in a couple weeks. They've been doing they've been doing press about it. Um. Second season will likely cover part two story. That was what they, what's been said. Um, yep. They show the they call the uh, the crow creator calls the show the best, most authentic game adaptation created. The so, yeah. uh, one of the reasons why I was hoping they were split it between the two is um I won't get spoilers, but yeah um they cast him as Joel, and I want I want to see Pedro Pascal as Joel for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. He's it's gonna be the year of Pedro. Well, at least the beginning of the year. But um, like I mentioned before, Wednesday was renewed for season two at Netflix. Um, excited to get into that show. Uh, got into a couple episodes, uh, episode and a half into. But yeah, it's so, good. So, so far, so good. I saw this this week. It's kind of cool news. Um, 
U.S. Congressman, I don't remember where he was from, but he will be sworn into the Congress this, this week with a $5 million Superman comic, the very first Superman issue. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, I think he got it from the Library of Congress, and it's, he's going to be swearing into the U.S. Congress from that. It's pretty fucking cool. That's that's awesome. Yep. Um, uh, uh, Darren Diamas, you mentioned before, was in a trailer for a movie. I don't even remember what the movie was, but... Um, it's your movie. It's the movie about the Beatles uh, yesterday. Oh, that's what it was. Good movie. Um, that's right. She was supposed to be in the movie, but they cut her. But she was in the trailer. And a couple sued, or a group sued the movie studio for false advertisement. For having her saying that she's in the movie, but ended up cutting her from the movie. And they actually won. The, 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 uh, they, they, the, the movie studios can now be sued for deceptive trailers. Yep, which is uh, this is this is crazy because uh, like they were able to get away with this because of the fact that in the home release trailer she was still part of it, yeah. Even though she wasn't in the movie, even though you can find her scenes on the deleted comments, deleted tracks, whatever. Yeah. Um. So it's crazy, but like a lot of people like we can say we can sue this company for this or this. Like a lot of people bring up Marvel, because yeah. uh. There was that scene in, was it Endgame or Infinity War, where they show the Hulk running with everyone, right. and that scene wasn't in the movie. But technically, you can't see that because the Hulk is still in the movie. Right. Um, but she wasn't in the and movie the defense, at all. Like, they cut her yeah, out completely. The defense, yeah. team, the defense team for for the studio was dumb trying to argue their points. Yeah. Um, they should have gone a different direction with it. But yeah, uh, it is pretty crazy when you think about it. Because especially when you do a trailer, you want to create some sort of misdirect. Especially yeah. in the so, especially in his age, yeah. In the social media age, you have to do that, or else you, you, you're mm-hmm. yeah giving away the whole movie. But um, Warner Brothers Discovery, we're getting into DC news of the week. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery CFO says restructuring and write-off frenzy is over in 2023. They're all done canceling stuff. They're all done shelving shit. Um, they came up with some great solutions, and importantly, we're done with that chapter. Um, so yeah, they're now they're just focusing on the future. So that's what James Gunn's yep. there for. So um, the Flash, WB execs. This news came out this week. Shockingly, I can't believe it. Are reportedly willing to move forward with Ezra Miller's Flash in the DCU, the new DCU. Yeah. In not other happening. words, they don't want to fire him. I not can't. Happening. I can't believe this insider. Not, I think they must be lying because there's no way they're keeping him. They uh, also here's the thing: is there's two guys in charge. And only one of them is dealing with creative, and that would be James Gunn. Yeah. There is zero percent chance that they fire him. They're only not they haven't technically fired him yet because the movie isn't out. Yeah. Once the movie's out, I'm sure that's when everything will be Restructure. like. I'm sure when he lays his his big thing at the end of the month, he's not going to mention the Flash. And then when he brings him out to Comic Con in July, I think that's when Comic Con is, or August, um, or end of June. That's when he'll release what his ideas for the Flash are moving forward, and I can guarantee you, I will not do this podcast again if Ezra Miller is announced as being the Flash going forward. <laughs> He's the one key to the, uh, the multiverse, Kevin. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? I think it'd be uh, cool if they filmed a scene where he runs so fast, and then their big presentation of who the new Justice League are yeah. is the new actors in those roles. They won't do it that way. Just they, won't, they won't do it thinking. that way at all. No. Um, but, I mean, this movie is supposed to be amazing. It shouldn't be. 
It should be one of the worst movies of all time. Uh, comic book wise, it should be worse than Morbius with all the shit that they've been through. Um, so we'll have to see. And I love Andy Muschietti, the director. Yeah, he directed um, the he directed the yeah. It movies. He's directed this. Yep. Um, and Michael Keaton's coming back. On paper, the movie has always looked great, and it's a flash. Sto- it's finally a flash story, talking about the origin with his mother dying. Iris West is in it. Uh, there's a lot of cool shit in there. Yep. But if you see, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, they released a promo image of the Flash this week. Guy of the Flash, Michael Keaton, Supergirl, another Flash variant. And people are complaining about his suit, but um, it's just the Batman '92 suit that's been yeah. recolored. Yeah. Because uh, the Flash in this, I assume, also played by Ezra Miller, will be the bad guy. Um, they're not doing Reverse Flash. Um, which is probably best since they're rebooting oh. everything, anyways. So, I mean, yeah, Kevin Bacon so. for Reverse Flash is my pick, but I, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this movie just because it could go either way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're comparing the movie to Dark Knight. We've already said that. Um, a lot of positive buzz to it. Um, James Gunn's also said that um, somebody tweeted him online said. Uh, can you discuss all the reports from Variety in regards to Ezra Miller and the notion that your state is only three years, your slate is only three years worth of projects? And James Gunn responded, "I don't know what's out there about Ezra, Ezra, but our slate is eight to ten years, but we're only announcing yes. some of it this month. So by the end of the month, we'll get yeah. a bigger picture of what's going on in the." DC like I said, universe. I think I think he'll announce Superman, probably not Wonder Woman, probably Batman, and some other titles and then at comic-con or the dc thing they have in september they'll they'll announce what they're doing with the flash and one and everything else going forward one least one last piece of flash news uh this has to do with the tv show tv shows in its final season grant gustin plays the yep. flash um but uh what's his name who played green arrow is coming back for the final scene Stephen amell Stephen amell is coming um, back uh, episode nine of season nine but yeah, he's coming back um, for the final yeah. season of The Flash. Um, I think it's only right because he's the reason why it got started. And uh, Did you ever watch Green Arrow? Uh, I watched some of it, but I didn't get into it that much. Okay, I watched the first season. Flash, I watched the first four. Yeah, about the same. About uh, the same. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Irv's Burgers, we already mentioned it. West Hollywood. Uh, it's iconic place over there. Um... They have a deal with Searchlight Pictures, who did the menu. They're going to be doing a uh, menu burger. They're going to do a menu menu theme burger called the just a well made cheeseburger on their menu. That's where they're going to have it. Um, and uh, if you've seen the movie, if you see the movie, you'll understand that. Um, so yeah, um, another strange thing came out this week. These two actors that starred in the Romeo and Juliet when we were in school, we were in the same sixth grade class, so we were in all those. All those classes with yeah. the Romeo and Juliet. Were you show. in the Were you yes. in the play? Uh, you... I was. I was in Macbeth. No, I wasn't in. I wasn't in uh, okay. Romeo and Juliet. I was. I was Friar. Okay. Fucking, what's his name? Tuck. I, know, I was the Friar in <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. That's Robin Hood. Oh, that's right. I was the Friar in, Ro- in, <laughs> in Romeo and Juliet. Um, I think Juliet was Emily King. I want to okay. say, and Tim. The fuck is his name? Not done. But uh, Tim, the kid he ended up acting in high school, was uh, Romeo. Um, but anyway, we actually watched this movie in that class. I don't know if you remember. Um, but 
during this scene that we're going to be talking about, they paused the movie and fast-forwarded through this scene so we couldn't see it, but um, the two actors from that movie were 16 at the time when they filmed, 16 and 17, I think, so they're underage. But uh, because they showed, because the guy showed his butt and she showed her bare boobs, um, they are suing, I think it's Paramount, for sexually exploiting them while they were children and new, with nude images of adolescent children. Um, they're actually suing paramount for this 1968 movie um so what you're saying is they ran out of money yes they're in their 70s now (laughs) and they're looking for money um a lot of people are a lot of people are talking shit about this saying that uh it was done in it wasn't done in poor taste it wasn't it was done at i think what they're saying is they didn't want to do it and the director was pushing them to do it so they felt like they shouldn't they shouldn't have been pushed like that Maybe they have something there, but I don't know. It's, it's right, just and I mean, when you're 16, 17, I mean, yeah, you'll do pretty much anything um, to be famous. Yeah. Uh, last so. couple pieces of news. Uh, I know this one you you don't like. I I don't mind him as this as I'm, a. I'm fifty fifty. I'm coming around to it. When it first announced, I didn't like it. Because uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson has met with producers about landing the the James Bond role. It's reported that the meeting went well. Um, yeah, I don't. There's not much to that I, besides that rumor that came out. Honestly, I honestly don't believe that happened either. So yeah, because um, I think it was November. They said they haven't thought about where to go. They won't start casting until they have a script and a director, I believe, nailed down. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I've come around a little bit because I saw Bullet Train. I do love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think he's great. Uh, not so sure on Craig, but. I mean, we'll see. And also, speculation of casting is fun to do as a fan, but it means nothing unless the script is correct. Um, If that's the guy they see fitting into their script they have ready to go, then why not? Yep. Uh, Finally in news, uh, we've been reporting on this for a while now. Vince McMahon stepped down from the WWE a while back. This and the rumors have been circulating that he wanted to return to the company in some form. And this week, he revealed his plans to want to return to the WWE. He's a, he's a key stockholder. He had all the stocks in the company, the majority of the stocks. So he can come back whenever he wanted, and that's exactly what happened today. They reinstated him into the board of directors for WWE. Um, I've been watching wrestling recently, but from what I hear. Everything on WWE Network, everything on WWE programming right now has been pretty good. Uh, yeah, there was kind of everything had kind of been a turnaround since the old days, and bringing in Vince McMahon has been um, looked at as bad taste, uh, not just because of what happened with him, but because of everything positive. But the stock did jump up twenty one percent today with his return. So and the speculation is that. He is coming in to get the company prepared for a sell, selling the company to a big conglomerate, big one. The big one being NBC Universal, which they they have the deals with, of course, with the WWE Network right now, and uh, all the back catalog. So maybe that's maybe that's why he's coming in to get everything ready for the transition for this. They're saying that that's not why, but I have a feeling that's probably why he's ready, probably ready to sell his percentage of the stocks to them but yeah the speculation we'll have to wait and see if that comes to fruition but um 
Yeah, he's back. Yeah. No, and they said there'd be no chance in hell. Wish I didn't sell my stocks four months ago. Yeah, it jumped up. It was uh, I think it started the day at seventy and went up to eighty six dollars a stock. It it broke even on me, and I'm like, I'm getting rid of this stock. Yeah. My stock's been so trash. I was like, ah. So let's since we're talking about wrestling, let's get into the Attitude Era rewatch. Ron's War, January 5th, 1998, coming from New Haven, Connecticut, a taped episode right after the new year. Um, a couple things I want to talk about before we get into the episode. Um, what do you think is the best DX lineup? Do you think it's Sean and, and Triple H, or do you think it's Sean, Triple H? I mean, do you think it's Triple H, Sean, uh, Sean Waltman, New Age Outlaws after WrestleMania 14? What do you think is the best lineup for uh, DX? You mean, I think it's Sean, Triple H, China, and Rick Rude? Or do I think it's any of the uh, lineups, yeah. Uh, the second iteration after WrestleMania okay. 14. Okay. Um, That's where I want, even though I I think, to. I, I think with Sean, it would have been incredible. Um, but he's a piece of shit. Fuck him. Yeah. At this time, he seems like a nice guy now. Yeah, he's definitely... Yeah. He's Kane definitely knocked his eyes straight. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, you, I, the one thing I'll say about the product right now is the DS DX music, the iconic break it down. The DX music changed the feel of the WF product, made it feel more rock, made it feel more hardcore. Um, it, at the end of 1997, it changed the, the, the feel of the product. Um, maybe it's just because it's coming out of the DX pay per view and they played it so much, but. The minute that music hits, it's just a totally different feeling for the for Raw. Um, they must have knew that at the time because they definitely went right into the attitude of it. Um, but yeah, especially I mean, you got fucking Austin on one end, you got DX on the other. It, it's just it's just a crazy one-two punch of the Attitude Era. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up before we get into the show, um, Foley's pod, the, the Mick Foley podcast, did an episode on China last week. Um, oh boy. And, well, we'll talk about China a little bit. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Do you think she was the best valet, or who do you think was the best valet in WWF? History? Yeah, in the history. Uh, sensational Sherry. Okay. Of course, um, at this time, she was in WCW at this time. She... She was a valet. She was attractive enough, but not overly attractive. And she could get physical because she was a trained wrestler. Right. Um, besides that, I would probably say Elizabeth. But she okay. was nothing more than a showpiece for Macho Man. Yeah, right. And to start angles and whatnot. But I would think Sensational Sherry because she could get physical. She was a trained wrestler. And she still looked good enough to be a typical diva, as they yeah. call them now. 
How about well, you? What uh, do you think? Listen to the, listen to the podcast. Uh, Mick Foley was, of course, friends with her. Um, he thinks she was the best. She she very well okay. could have been. Um, do you think she's a future Hall of Fame inductee by herself? Because right now she's in DX. She's been inducted with DX. China? Yeah. China? No. Yeah, do you, you don't think she... Um, I, I think she should. I don't think they will. Right. Kind of a kind of a tricky. If you know what I'm saying. Kind of a tricky thing I mean, when she was dating Triple H. Triple H is of course in charge of the company with Stephanie, who he broke up with China to be with at the time. Um, she was a bad wrestler, horrible wrestler, but she was intimidated. Yeah. But she did. A, they did a lot of stuff with her, and she innovated the wrestling, women's wrestling at the time in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, the intergender matches that she had with guys. Um, she could hold her own against the boys. She was the first woman to ever be in the Royal Rumble. She was number 30 in the 1999. She eliminated Mr. McMahon in a, in a uh, I think in that match. I can't remember. Um, she ended up becoming the Intercontinental Champion not too long after that. Um, she teamed up with Eddie Guerrero, did the Mamacita Latino heat he thing. That was pretty That was pretty big back in the day. Um Kind of a lost puzzle in the Attitude Era. Doesn't get enough respect, attention, or accolades. Um, like I mentioned, she's a bad wrestler, though. But she did a lot of stuff for the for the company, um, and it just sucks that what happened with her and Triple H and 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 and, and Stephanie and all that shit that happened. And of course, she, and she tra- started filming porn. Tragically, lost every everything that happened because of Triple H turned her. Into a surreal life reality star, porn star, whatever you want yep. to call it. Um, tragic, tragic story. They're doing a documentary on a biography, I think, on A and E. They're doing a biography on her. Kind of interesting to see how they how they turn that turn that around. Um, also, speaking of that, remember I told you about the most wanted show? It's kind of like Pawn Stars meets WWE meets uh, nostalgia for wrestling. Yeah, they, uh, they're doing a season two of that, hosted by Mick Foley. Excited about that. Um, So let's get into Raw. Um, Raw starts with Shamrock beating Farouk. After the match, a reckless Austin comes down and stuns Shamrock, and then the Rock flipping and and he flips. He he stuns them off, stuns them both, ends up flipping him off, and he books it through the crowd. Um, The beginning of the night, Austin has said that he's he's going to pretty much uh, take out anybody who's in the Rumble. They're all marked men. Um, so that's basically what happens this Raw. He takes out everybody. Um, Jim Cornette comes down to the ring saying that the WF product needs more prestige and tradition. Brings down two guys who are presidents of NWA. Um, uh, North, uh, what's that? What's the, I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a wrestling organization. National, is, National is Wrestling it? Alliance. National Wrestling Alliance. Yep. Yeah. Um, saying that the next match will determine the new NWA North American champion. Um, it's Barry Windham versus Jeff Jarrett. Um, the rest of the card is embracing attitude. Um, I felt that this match was a step back. Um, and Jeff Jarrett wins the title. It just seems out of place. Everything is kind of attitude, and this is, is going back to the old traditions. Uh, yeah. Um, who is who? Who is the guy they brought out? Was it uh, Carlino? Carlito? I don't know. There are um, two two, ex- real, two presidents from NWA. I don't know who they were, but uh, it's just yeah. I just remember the story of Shane Douglas throwing down the title and Dennis yeah. Carluzzo. That was the guy's name back then. But that could have been, been, been it. this time. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. uh, 98, 98, Yeah, I don't know. Um, Austin comes down and stuns Jeff Jarrett. 
Um, he proceeds to do his own strut over his lifeless body in the middle of the ring. Um, again, commentary mentions that Austin has anybody who's in the Rumble is a marked man. Um, second hour opens with Owen versus Savio Vega. After the match, the Los Bariquas beat down Owen and deliver him to Triple H, who's in a wheelchair at the top of the ramp. They said he dislocated his kneecap. He's injured right now. Um, they hold him down while Triple H slaps him and Savio Vega and this group uh, end up getting paid off by HBK, hands in the hands of money, uh, paying him down to help him for the beatdown. Um, Paul Bearer comes down looking disheveled, says that he's lost Kane, and goes on the microphone and begs for Kane to come home. Weird. Um, backstage area, Austin has attacked Mark Henry. Um, Merrill, next match, gets stunned mid-match by Austin. Kevin? Explain this picture that I posted in our notes. Uh, looks like blackface. Looks like gold-dusted blackface. <laughs> cat? I'm gonna kill you, cat. Uh, yeah, that's, um, doesn't age well. That's, so, Kevin, uh, who do we have to blame for this, Kevin? <laughs> I believe it would be one Vinny Rue. Vince Russo. Vince Russo, the man who put Jeff Bagwell's mother on a pole. Or, sorry, not Jeff Bagwell, Marcus Bagwell. And this is a legit... mother was on a pole. This is... I I haven't posted the picture. I mean, I posted it in our notes, but this is a legit black... Somebody put shoe polish on Goldust's face and turned him black. Not brown, black. I can't believe this is all on the network, honestly. With an an afro? They removed... Roddy Piper WrestleMania six promo because he was dressed in half black. Like Do you know he had why half black his entire body? You know why he was dressed like this? Because he was fighting Flash Funk. I know. I I. <laughs> oh God. Um, Don King does an interview hyping negotiations for Mike Tyson arriving at WrestleMania fourteen in Boston. And to end the night, HBK comes down to confront the Undertaker, calls him out, but Taker's music hits. And the Druids bring down the DX graffiti casket from the week before. Um, Sean thinks it's Triple H and China playing tricks again and jokes about it. But uh, Triple H and China come up on the top of the ramp and they're waving to Sean like, that's not them, that's not them. And suddenly the Undertaker pops out of the casket, grabs Sean by the neck and, and grabs him in and into the, the casket with him and shuts the lid. And Raw goes off the air. Very much Looney Tune adjacent. Uh, Sean's like, if that's not you... And that's not you. Then who's in the casket? And it's just very Looney Tunes adjacent. But that's it for Raw, and that's it for the week. And we are over two hours, and a uh, lot of a lot of difficulties getting into the episode in the beginning. But we uh, we made it. Got two hours in. Talked about 2023. Excited for the movies and TV shows that we have look to look forward to. And uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to watch Wednesday, review that by the end of the week. We'll see. Um, getting into the bad weather season, so it slows me down quite a bit this time of year. So we'll see what we can do. And uh, thanks for listening. And we will talk to everyone next week. Peace. Later. <laughs>